Hey kids, you're listening to the internet's wettest podcast about video games, consoles, and pancakes. The SML Podcast. I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of like, what in the hell in 2022 broke me so damn bad that, like, all of the games that I really enjoyed in 2023 are all, like, essentially kids' games where nothing really happens, it's a shitload of fetch quests, and, like, Why you know, you it's just the most chill. No, no, no. Or, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm I, like, I'm going through my Xbox list of everything I downloaded within the year, and I'm just like, what? Because I'm like, all right, which games are my favorites? And it's I just, like how I say, why don't you say shit. this for the show and you continue talking? Shut up, Joe. Anyway. <laughs> Got him. Got him. All right. What's up, everybody? This is the SML Podcast. I am your host, Joe. This is our final show. Yes. of the year Woo. oh Aww. yeah i know i know uh Hell just yeah. of the year we are wrapping things up in style we've got a whole bunch of people here hockey's here chris is here jacob's here pernell's here andy's here and tim is here how is everybody doing all at the same time go good one person <laughs> Love it. Oh, I thought we were all going to be in on that. Shoot. Have a, well, yeah. I was trying to stagger Never. them out. I can't speak for you guys. Man. I, I mean, I, I, dramatically late. I, I figured I'd be nice to let other people talk first because, you know, I'm not rude like Joe or Aki. I was waiting for the crowd to start so I could sneak mine in. I mean, I'm, I'm usually the last one who says how I feel anyways on all of these, so I don't know what you're getting at, Jacob, but... Mm. Friendship. No. Nope. Andy, how are you doing? You're not on that much. How (laughs) Tim Tim and Andy, how are you two doing? Let's hear from you two. Same time, go. Good. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, I'm good. How are you, Joe? I'm doing all right. I'm uh I'm excited that uh we are wrapping up the year in style. We got a whole bunch of people here. Uh we'll have a whole bunch of games to talk about eventually, but uh it's it's end of year. We should probably talk about like the best of the year, the worst of the year. I mean, the worst of the year is obviously doing this show, so let's not include that. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so I um, um unexpectedly got a big box from Limited Run Games today. Uh, oh. It was something I ordered. It's just like, I didn't even know that it shipped. Um, and uh, th- that's, that's how I participate with limited run games. I know some people get butt hurt because you order a thing and then it takes a long time, but I'm just like, I order a thing and it leaves it my mind. Up, cool. <laughs> it, yeah. It shows up. We have once it shows up. Cause I, it's not like I've ever had anything not show up. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is great. So no, this is the, uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color Selection Volume 2, the uh, limited edition version that comes with a nice book and a nice uh, steel book. 
on top of that Ooh. and I was just extracting it from it because I got it out of its box, set it on my chair, and then forgot about it until when I sat down to do the show. And uh, yeah, oh, this is a nice blue steel book that came with. And these are more the uh, Neo Geo games that I haven't played, Neo Geo Pocket games. So that's also cool because I reviewed the first Switch? one for this very show. This is on Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it comes with a nice uh, retro. Fall into the abyss well, of my gaping butthole by Jeremy Parrish. So that's cool. That's a good thing that happened mm-hmm. this year. Another good thing cool. that happened is uh, Carnage just raided us with 16 viewers uh, who have all fallen into Jacob's gaping butthole. Uh, welcome <laughs> in, everyone. Uh, this is our end of year show. We're we're chatting about good things. Tim's cha- talking about uh, his uh, Neo Geo Pocket Collection 2, you said? Mm-hmm. From Limited the, Run. Yeah, that just showed up. I'm looking up pictures today. of this. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, because I know you're a big lover of steel books. I am. Uh, I love my. I, th- I think I sent you a picture of the because I I also have the first volume and I sent you a picture of that when I <laughs> when it came in just to <laughs> just to flex. I've but, been I've been easing up on my steel book addiction. Like my my addiction to physical gaming in general has been waning in recent years. Yeah, and like part of me You've wanted lost a lot to of get. Luster. Yeah, it just it so many things get special editions anymore that the special editions, the really special ones are hard to spot. Well, on top of it, I mean like how many times like does Walmart uh release like a Zombieland steelbook edition? Like they used to be something mm. special like as like a pre-order bonus for something. Now it's just like Are you talking like, movies now? Oh. My bad. I mean, it, it can <laughs> apply to either. Yeah, Best Buy does the steel books as pre-order bonuses a lot still. I mean, my reading yeah. was more akin to like when it comes to video games, just the fact that due to the fact that uh, it's basically like an install of a file off the disk. And technically, since this is how those things work now, if a company doesn't want you to use the, pro- the product off the disk, they can technically just not let that happen. Um, yeah. So the licensing issues can apply regardless of whether or not you have a physical copy or not on current systems. So for me, for that reason alone, I'm like, well, what's the point even having it? It doesn't serve the purpose I want it to. Yeah, I still I still like getting I, I'm still building out the Switch collection, even though that kind of shoots me in the foot more than anything, because then it's like, oh, I have one physical copy. If I just had this digitally, then both me and my child could play it at the same time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with like PS5 xbox stuff it's like why am i why am i getting this installer disc this just seems like nonsense yeah and and i'm in that same mindset too like i stand by it when the switch is done that's it like the switch is my final console that i'm doing that kind of thing with okay but what about what about switch (laughs) 2 true that's a good question though i'd be honest with you i don't expect nintendo to deviate from the path that everyone else has been dealing with so the Switch one may still be the final one where I do physicals for. Yeah, yeah. You oh, think? The oh, then you're starting off fresh too. With uh, exactly. Do you think what if the it doesn't have the same cart? Switch two would have yeah. the same cart slot. I was. Yeah. Just what if it has the same that. cart? It, yeah, that would. Will if it, you can't have stick, carts, will it be digital only? I don't think. Will it have a different only. shaped cartridge. I could. See we that. may have at least one gen left before digital only becomes yeah. the thing. Yeah. If you can't stick a Switch one game into a Switch two, like oh man. <laughs> so with that said, though, like, it's perfectly reasonable, but oh boy, it is Nintendo. They would do something like that. 
And Nintendo is doing, sorry, Best Buy is doing its part to herald in the end of that era, though, with their next year plan. So yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Dropping what physical movies completely? Mm hmm. Yeah. And I've heard people claim that that might apply to video games too, but I have no way to confirm or deny that. Best Buy just turn, going the way of GameStop and turning into a toy store. <laughs> I mean, they well, in our case, are. toys being yeah. expensive TVs yes. and speakers. No, that wasn't a yeah. joke. I don't know what you <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, last time I was in there, I was surprised, like, how many random aisles of, like, shit that they yeah, had they there. Like, like, Lego and, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it, like, it turned into, like, an FYE. Mm-hmm. Desperate and to keep I physical FYE going. Once upon a time, there was an FYE. There still is FYE. Though it's well, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's an FYE in my in the mall, like, right down the street from my house. That actually makes me happy to hear. It's, uh, that would probably go away the second you stepped inside the store. Um, oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a misery pit there now. It's not the same as it. I mean, they're not They're Guess it's what? They're not of, selling movies and music. It's a lot of like, you know, toys and everywhere. like pop culture stuff and like cereal. <laughs> yeah. Licensed food items of like, oh, here's yeah, a so chocolate. They had, the gar- they had garbage yeah. pill kids cereal at one point years ago. Yeah. yeah. Last I time I stepped buying in bootios the there years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I was gonna say the last time I remember stepping in there was to get a uh present for one of my friends and uh my ex girlfriend was in there working at the time and I had my oldest who was just a baby uh in there and she's like oh my god how you doing and instantly sam just starts bawling like <laughs> at her and i'm just like oh yeah well you know i didn't train cool. him to do this i swear just <laughs> <laughs> instinct that'd be pretty funny <laughs> no, oh so yeah horrible things <laughs> what, what kind of awful games thing. have you played this year yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, I'm kind of lucky. I don't. I don't generally experience that problem. Um, I don't. I don't understand when people do play awful games unless they're Chris because he had t- <laughs> he openly bought one. <laughs> no, I bought more than one. <laughs> more than one. What was the other bad one? Not the one that's obvious. The the one that's not obvious. Oh, I I I can't say um right now, but like yeah, I oh, I buy them a lot. <clears throat> Well, not the one that you're talking about today, potentially. I'm talking about right. another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I buy ones that another are just one. goofy. Yeah. Um, like, I'll, I'll have a title for you soon. <laughs> I have to look okay. through. I mean, cause I feel like even with the review copies that come through, I can't. I mean, if it's not Gilson, B, or Pontus related, I can't <laughs> think of a game I've gotten this year where I was just like, this is an abomination. Oh, uh, well. I was gonna say, <laughs> Funny I, I did mention that we. Uh... I, I, no, 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 but uh, but I did want to give a special shout out to Gilson B. Pontes for not sending us Jim Bowery, the Onan War, which is his twenty twenty three game. Oh, Looks he terrible. Had a new game this year. Yeah, oh, I thought I reviewed shame. one of his games this he year. He makes one year? every year, pretty much. I think he. Game I review. Does that mean I reviewed that game last year and it was so bad it stuck with me? Probably. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Well, at least it was meaningful to you in that way. <laughs> yeah, meaningful comes in. You'll many always forms. have the memories. For it now. does. <laughs> it does. I mean, unless what you reviewed was Jim Bayori, the Onan War, but I think that just came out in September, so I think we would have remembered. How come he never brings this stuff to like other systems? How come he's only PlayStation? Has he ever they... said <laughs> you want him to? He's never I mean, said anything. 
Do you want him to bring it to other systems? I mean, leave the plight where it is. Don't bring I mean, it, don't spread that shit. Yeah, I mean, I do, just so oh, I shit. can see how terrible these things are. Horrific. Just go. horrific. <laughs> just asking for punishment. I think the yeah. light bulb in my room is flickering. I have that. I guess the easier question ask would be if you had to there name the potentially worst game you've played this year in a sea of games that weren't bad per se, what would be the the worst game you play, and then what was probably the best game you've played? Okay, year. well, uh, so uh, you know, I, I I haven't reviewed anything since August. I've been I've been gone for a minute, and I reviewed less before that. The only three games out of how many did I review? Let me slide this over. I reviewed twenty one. This well, this is twenty two here tonight. <laughs> I gave three games to deny it. Uh, one was Nine Years of Shadows. Uh, another was Curse of the Sea Rats, and the last one was Double Dragon Gaiden. So those are like probably my least three least favorite things that I played this year. I think. I think I gave Nine Years a try it, if if not a buy it. I actually liked it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't agree. Strokes for oh. different folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Beauty of the hobby. I mean, I I was a Double Dragon. I felt like was okay when I played it, but yeah. I also played it in co-op, which makes a world of difference. Um, yeah. But that's what I mean. But like, I I totally get it. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. totally good. I'm like, oh, this game is great. Like, fuck you. That game is terrible. Um, mm-hmm. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care. Enjoy your bad time. Hey, hey, <laughs> what was your favorite game? And then I'll tell you how bad it was. I'm not going to say that. But I still want to know what your favorite game this year was then. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, <laughs> in the t- well, I mean, I think my favorite game. It, okay. So I have Blake three that are vying for the top spot right now. I don't make my, I my uh, end of your podcast for triple radio is recording next Friday night uh, on Twitch TV slash extra studios. Um, plug, plug, plug. <laughs> That's when we're recording our end of the year, but uh, boy, it, it was a banger year. I feel for games in general. It really? Like was. It was insane. It was insane. Uh, and I was saying this back in June when it was like, oh, you had Street Fighter 6 and Diablo 4 come out in like three days of each other. And then a, f- a new numbered Final Fantasy came out at the end of that month. Um, and there was a new Mortal Kombat this year uh, and that Resident Evil 4 remake that was awesome. And I really didn't get uh, a chance to play a ton of, unfortunately. Is it the Kingdom? Yeah, that game. That game's pretty good. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. People like that, that one. That one might. That one has a really good chance of being number one. Um, <laughs> but in the intermediate, I actually have not finished either of these games yet. And one of them, I've been, I've been playing Baldur's Gate three since September. Yeah, um, that's one that gets a lot of talk as one of the big ones. Rightfully of the year, so. Obviously, that, that game is very good. <laughs> uh, but I, I, and well, I stopped playing it for like a couple weeks when Spider Man two came out. Um, and right now it's trading time with Alan Wake 2, uh, which is the other one that's up there. Like, holy shit, that game is good. <laughs> like, my goodness, that might be like the best looking game I've ever seen. Uh, and but the only problem is I don't get to play it because I have to wait until my kid is uh, in bed because it is too spooky for him. Ooh. But as as a He's fan good. of Alan Wake, the first who felt that game was criminally overlooked, uh, it is done my heart good to see not only to play this game and enjoy it and see how cool it is, but to see like it getting a lot of attention, uh, in awards and, you know, I guess at the game awards specifically, but yeah, it seems like people are pretty hyped for it. So that's awesome. I can't wait. To play that game. What was that? Aki? So I can't wait to play that game. I still don't have it. I want it so bad. 
I need to put more time into Baldur's Gate 3. I've only put like two, three hours into it so far, and I'm loving it. I just have no time to do anything mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the biggest problem is lack of time to play all the good stuff this year. Yeah, that's why I stopped doing this shit. <laughs> it's just like, I, where, where are we going to have time to play all these good games if I'm reviewing other stuff? <clears throat> it's at least half true. Indeed. So, Jacob, what about you? Favorites of the year, least favorites of the year? So, as we were discussing before the show, which Joe was then like, Jacob, why don't you discuss it during the show? And I'm like, fuck you, Joe. I'm do what I want. Um, yeah, I, I'd really love to know what in the hell in 2022 that broke me so bad that all of my favorite games uh, for 2023, I, well, almost all of the favorite games are like aimed generally at kids, like little to no violence. Uh, you know, it's just a ton of fetch quest, like just chill, you know, chill experiences. Cause I'm not going to lie. I was looking through, uh, my list of everything that like, uh that i've reviewed and of course like you know everyone knows i'm addicted to disney dreamlight valley um yeah but it's just like uh like paw patrol world and rainbow high from outright games were Mm. like legit some of my like i love just running around and just doing nothing in these as opposed to like you know trying to like kill everybody on a certain level or like Modern Warfare 3, just figure out what the fuck they want me to do. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I have an answer just... for this, actually. Because <laughs> you, you, your brain just wants, like, something simple to do. Like, you have, you know, I go, I have this as well, um, where it's just like, you know, I've worked, come home, kid, chores, etc. And I sit down, it's like, I don't want to learn something new. I don't want to, <laughs> like work really hard like this this is why I, you know it took me actually a little while to like really get into Baldur's gate because like just sitting down and figuring out the systems and how the game played like was kind of overwhelming which is why like the first couple weeks of september which is like my busiest time of year at work that's when i was playing starfield because like you do not need your brain for that like i've played bethesda games i know what's going on here i played starfield for a couple weeks and that was the only couple weeks i played because that game's the way it is but, you know, in that moment, it was like, I just want to sit down. I want to do something familiar. I don't want anything too intensive. Just like, just kind of go to quest marker to quest marker. And then like, once I got my brain back, then I, then I started doing this. But, you know, I go through that where it's like, why aren't I playing the new hot thing? Well, it's because my brain just, you know, it just wants to chill. Yeah. I, I find myself so, going back to Diablo 4 because mm-hmm. of that. Because it's just familiar and it's it's what I want to do. It's just yep. a good, fun action hack and slash. It gets a lot of shit for not having enough content or, you know, the end game's not good enough. And like, I'm just going through the story and having fun. Like, I heard that game's gotten better. Uh, I was just reading an article the other day about how it's improved substantially I've enjoyed from launch. It since launch. So I've, I haven't had an issue with it. So, Jacob, what were you saying? Uh, um, but yeah, like going back to like least favorite games I've had to review uh, this year. Um, one of them that came up was Skinny and Franco Fists of Violence, uh, which was just this beat 'em up uh, that Joe and I had played, and it was like I just remember it just being like 
so very mediocre, like nothing like actually hitting when it was supposed to uh, and all that kind of stuff. And I also hated the hell out of Crash Team Rumble. Um, <laughs> well, I remember oh, yeah. that. That's, that's a game a I still don't know why yeah, it exists. Weird. You still what? Wonder why it exists. I don't know, for but they're do- dude, they're doing Happy Meals for it right now. Yeah, hey. no, my my kid got a Crash Team Rumble toy. With yeah, so ma- did, yeah, yeah, mine did too. He yeah. got a match game in Spyro's head. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think that's what my youngest got too. I think. Yeah, we were um, earlier. But yeah, I was really surprised by that. Like, not only is it kicking, but they've got freaking Happy Meal toys for it. Crazy. Whatever. Hey, more power to <laughs> it, I guess. Yeah. And then my, oh, and then my actual worst game of the year. That's coming. <laughs> At the end yeah, of we'll, the we'll get to that. Oh, yes. I get inflicted. We're gonna get, oh. we're gonna learn that one live. Also, also, I will say this too. My kids would give a special shout out to uh the home sheep home Farmageddon, uh the Sean the Sheep video okay. game that came out. They absolutely Great title. Uh, Door that game um yeah for them yeah, that's a really solid the, puzzle game that's was, honestly that really their favorite cute. game of their oh they don't even play the puzzles they just play multiplayer and constantly screw <laughs> each other over <laughs> like they they just love doing that nice so andy what about you what kind of good stuff have you played this year what what's on your shit list Mm, I was trying to look through and see what my shit list was. I know there's a couple games that I reviewed that I didn't really like, and it seemed like a lot of people liked them. But um, the shit list first, uh, Oni, Road to Be the Mightiest Oni, I didn't really like. Um, I just thought it was a very tedious and repetitive game. Just uh, bad graphics to it and just not fun. Uh, I Am Future, I know a lot of these are like indie games too, so maybe nobody's heard of these. Uh, I actually did a play test for it too, and I'm not a big survival crafting fan, and so the game, you know, got a lot of got a lot of people that like kind of backed it and thought it was great, but I just wasn't into it. It was another like, you know, take a hundred sticks and make it into a log, and then use that log to <laughs> build this bridge, you know. Um, and a lot of people really liked. Uh, it seemed like on Steam at least, uh, I reviewed the Forest Cathedral, and that one just didn't really hit with me, you know, but. Um, some games that I did like, uh, I would say I really enjoyed Pikmin 4. Uh, I thought that good. was a really fun time. I love Pikmin. Playing that right dude. now. Oh, nice. Those are those are great games, you know. And I, I like that they re-released the, the 1 and 2 also. Um, Pizza Tower, I thought was phenomenal. It was just a nice, good game, you know. I have not played that yet. Uh, the Dave the Diver, I'm playing right now, and that game is phenomenal. I would, also on the I list. pin that up against, at least for me... Between Dave the Diver and probably Leica Age Through Blood as my personal game of the years. Um, Blasphemous nice. 2, Zelda, of course, was was awesome. That game is really big, though, so I kind of fell out of it. And uh, I would say Bat Boy, too. Bat Boy was a nice homage to, to old-style games, too. Yeah, some, some good stuff this year, definitely. I mean, Diablo 4, like you guys mentioned. Uh, Street Fighter 6 came out, too. Oh, that yeah. one was really, really fun. I mean, there's there I'm, was... I'm going to be the weird one... I'm going to be the weird one and jump back a little. Tears of the Kingdom, I know it's gotten a lot of praise. I didn't click with it. I couldn't get into the building stuff. Really? I, oh, I thought it alone in that sucks to be wrong. you. That game rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I it's, think it's really good, but it's huge, too. Like, 
there's so much mm-hmm. there's so much to it you know like i yeah like I, said, I, I know i just i i i think it's a great game it deserves all the props it gets it's just not one that clicks with me for sure like you said different strokes man yeah sea of stars is on there too sea that of one was stars real good. so good um yeah, there was uh, a lot Chris, of Chris. I know it, on the type. on the tip of retro RPGs, I think Chris would mention Chained Echoes. That was oh, last yeah. year. Yeah, that was oh, last was year. That last year, but yeah, you my, should mention that, it. <laughs> that that became my goatee for last year. That's right. Uh, at the very last minute, it was going to go to live alive to me anymore. It just all yeah. blends together. <laughs> but yeah, uh, having now beaten Chained Echoes and like you know having uh, played through a second time as well, I still think it's really really great. Mm-hmm. They want to play Cocoon? Yes. I really like Cocoon. A little bit, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. What is that about? You play as this weird bug thing, (laughs) and you solve puzzles by going into marbles. Okay, so it's like worlds within worlds. It's really cool. So I don't get to play as Wilford Brimley? No? No. Okay. I got that reference. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. It's on Game Pass, and it only takes like a few hours to to play through. Like you could beat it in an evening. Yeah, I, I've got to download it. And it looks here. like a really cool game. So, mm-hmm. uh, Aki, what about you? I know you've played some some bad stuff this year. I can't remember half the games I've played, so I can't tell you what the bad ones were. I can only tell you which ones I liked. <laughs> Good, keep it positive. You're going to tell us about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> No, we don't talk about Ooh, that. Yeah. Oh, you played Gollum? Um, yeah, yeah. I Oof. reviewed Gollum. Oh. I, I blocked that out of my mind. I forgot that came out this year. Um, I think everybody I, did. I, I don't think there's, I've ever played a game that bad, uh, so I'm just going to leave it at hey, that. You, uh, you willingly requested Walking Dead as well. So That is that game was so much better. Uh <laughs> I mean, she didn't pay for it, though. Worked, so <laughs> I didn't pay for either of them. That's that's better than what uh, me and Jacob did. Yeah. I, I, I didn't pay for Golem, and I still think I deserve a full refund. Um, <laughs> Rough. Golem. Yeah, Golem was... That was not good. Um, that's probably the one of the single worst games I've literally ever played. Ever. <laughs> and I've played Very a lot good. of shit. In my Thank life, it, it's bad. <laughs> right, what are you? What are some of your highlights? Uh, Echo Blade was really good. Uh, you play as a blind knight in that one. I really like that one because obviously it's about being disabled. So thumbs up for that. Uh, Chance of Sinar uh, is one of my that. game of the years. It Got is that downloaded. Um, yeah, it is so good. You really need to play it. It'll take you a couple days probably. It is fantastic you learn like five different languages in it probably something and... i'm gonna play next week when i'm on uh, when i'm off oh yeah definitely it is fantastic because uh you have to learn to translate these languages and you actually have to understand the grammar structure for each one of them to mm-hmm. complete the game it is so good and those are like the two of my top tier games for this year. what else is on my uh, i'm trying to think what hasn't been mentioned boop boop Anyone else have any up. any highlights, lowlights that you want to talk about? F- yeah, I was waiting for my turn. Okay. Oh, Chris, Chris, I complete. I thought we covered you already for some reason because we talked no, about I, Kong. You like well, asked we, about Chain Echoes, and then we we wandered that's off. Right, Chris, <laughs> tell keep, us about your coming, highlights and lowlights. <laughs> it kept coming back around to me because of. Uh, <laughs> 
because you know I mentioned Gilson B. Pontes, and yeah, we talked about uh, we we mentioned Kong. We will talk about Kong soon. Uh, right. Okay, so G- give us your highlights. I got to stand up quick and unscrew <laughs> this fucking light bulb before it drives me. Yeah, that's tonight. That's cool. That's no problem. Um, so yeah, as far as the show goes, um, obviously my uh, well, I guess I'll start with the bad games. Um, Martian Panic was a real bummer. Although I did buy the, uh, well, you know, this is one of those things like what we were talking about with Purnell is like purposely buying things that are bad as I bought the little zapper controller holder for Martian Panic uh, just because it amused me greatly. Um, so also did Running Fable, was not a fan of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. That one was, that one was so weird. Um... And then, uh, yeah, to answer Purnell's question from way earlier about games I actually purchased and played this year, um, even though they weren't released this year, but, like, stuff that I intentionally bought and played, (laughs) uh, I'm going to shout out Alien Destroyer, which is from, uh, it's from this publisher that does, like, these just really, you know, bad games. It's the, uh, that fighting game that I was talking about the, uh, couple years ago, you know, the same same person or same uh publisher there i'd have to find the name again but uh the other one would be forklift the simulation uh i bought two <laughs> games about forklifts one was forklift one was forklift simulator and one was forklift the simulation and i tried them both on labor day because i did a special stream of all job related games and uh while i found uh, I found Forklift Simulator to be uh, cheap but inoffensive. Forklift the simulation just kind of sucked. So damn, tell us how you yeah. really feel. Yeah, well, it's just it it had some problems, uh, lots of problems, and nothing to do with like it, it in no way recreated like the experience of actually driving a forklift. So have I'm you like, driven had... a forklift before? Yeah, yeah, I've worked okay, several. Right, I, yeah, right, just, I've worked. I've worked a lot of. No, no, it's okay. I uh, I've worked very few <laughs> jobs that weren't like labor. Um, I know it doesn't seem like it, but yeah, I've I've worked in my share of warehouses and stuff. Yeah, but uh, so are you forklift certified? <laughs> there's kind of it's kind of like there's that's <laughs> like, don't no. incriminate yourself. Don't incriminate not yourself. currently. It's oh, not it's currently. one of those things. It's never been required. So I think that's kind of more of a joke than anything. Like, certain Mm. jobs may require a certification in maybe certain states, but I live in Texas. We're unregulated on everything. (laughs) So, I've gotten some training if it's a forklift I'm unfamiliar with, but apart from that, not really. Uh, Random Spin Games is who created Alien Destroyer, which is a first-person shooter with one level where you just shoot uh, alien things as they come down. They're like spaceships or skulls or whatever, and it's just, there's no, like there's no background to it. It's just like some stuff way off in the background, like a JPEG of like some mountains or something. And you're just in an endless desert and it's just like, it's nothing (laughs) it's, which is, you know what this developer or not developer, but publisher puts out. I don't know if they're a developer. Madam Nevermore is asking if it's like space invaders. No, no, it's it's like, It's funny, too, because there's other games that they came out with that I purchased and they aren't available anymore. So and I think they've even changed their name since uh, since I downloaded this. So it's it's always quality when you buy a game and it gets pulled from sale. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, the that's the bad. Ones. That's I, I spent way too much time talking about the bad. Um, so yeah, I think that my my top highlight of stuff I've reviewed for the show is actually a recent one, Ast Libra Revision Proof of Life, uh, which I talked I'm about gonna... on. I talked about it on Steam, and then I bought it full pop on Switch, and I've just been I've been playing it ever since. I'm right at the end, and I I'm about to pull the trigger on that ending. But yeah, I absolutely adore this game. Yeah, I know Pernell does too, because uh, I saw a, a picture of his Steam deck where he had it on there. <laughs> it was my game of the year, 2022, and nice. I could if I wanted to cheat, I would have chosen this year. But I was like, no, <laughs> give it something else. Wait, so, what game was uh, that? Uh, yeah, I think I'm about to buy that uh, because somebody kindly sent me a gift card in the mail. Ooh. Um, it could have been anybody. Who was it? It was what? Joe. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's it's a great game. I can't like I can't sing its praises enough. Really, um, and it's you know I only really got it like I was interested in it and I requested it based on just the strength of the background art. Because I was like, this is some damn good background art. And I wasn't sure how the actual game was going to be. But yeah, once I started playing, it's just everything about it is fascinating. I will and, uh, say the really one thing I warned um, um, Tim about, because I, because I think his taste might be a little different in that sense, is that it can get a little tropey. If you don't care about oh, yeah. that, then you're safe. But that's like the only potential negative but, I can generally give that game is it can get tropey with the like super tropey with some of the plot points. But the yeah, main story is fascinating. Yeah, it'll have you guessing a lot. So you know, it's it's kind of cool like that. Um, I just wanted to say this is a huge year for um for retro remasters and collections. I'm just yes. gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna rattle off a quick list. Uh, of stuff that like I personally like, touched on. It's not that long, but so we had like you know started off with Wonder Boy Anniversary. We got the Ninja Jaja Maru collections, including the Lost RPGs, which is wild. Uh, Would have literally never like thought about that a gimmick coming out, uh, as well as Trip World, which we didn't get to review, so I don't I don't have to talk about it. Um, <laughs> And then uh, Etrian Odyssey HD Collection, Batten Kaitos mm-hmm. 1 and 2 HD Remaster, uh, the freaking Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters mm-hmm. all came out this year. I mean, good lord. So X- Xbox gamers still crying over that one. I'm st- Come on, Square, give us the goddamn Pixel Remaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was the, I, the, the Metroid Prime Remaster that I reviewed. Yep. Uh, and Mario RPG, which yeah, I haven't I touched been- yet. Yeah, I was I was gonna separately shout out like single game remasters, but you're exactly right. I had both of those listed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like uh, oh, Dokipon Kingdom Connect, which is really cool. Um, that that game was way too expensive for way too long, huh? That was this year. Yeah, in May. Wow, in time, boy. I tell like you. May, April, somewhere I told around you, there. Man, time doesn't make sense anymore. It just yes. That's true. Uh, but yeah, like I said, my, uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, Ask Libra Revision Proof of Life is my, uh, is my goatee for the year. And, uh, I'm actually going to give, uh, my purchased game of the year to Etrian Odyssey HD Collection because <laughs> I just, I never thought it would happen. I knew FF Pixel Remaster was going to happen. And, you know, I love those games. I beat all six of them this year. Uh, and, you know, I love the Super Mario RPG, but like Etrian Odyssey, that's that's close to my heart. So that's got my ultimate 
well done. And a also quick shout out to um, Vampire Survivors. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh yeah, God, I don't yeah. know if it came out this year, but I certainly it played it this year. <laughs> yeah, it came out on some console. It this came out on Switch this year. This year. Didn't it? I yep. think so. I yep. think so. Yeah, DLC I just, just hit yesterday. DLC. Yeah, the Among Us. The Among oh, Us yeah. DLC. Oh yeah, and FF16, I guess. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like I like FF16. I just haven't played far enough into it to yeah. Obsess I finished that it. game. It, it ends well. Very nice. Nice. And also, Evermore is asking if anyone has played the Gap. Mm-mm. Don't I've never heard so. of the gap. God damn it. Yeah, that <laughs> brought up exactly what I thought it would Google. Um, also, uh, shout outs to Dragon Quest for uh, coming out with the dra- a new Dragon Quest Monsters, which yeah. uh, I know that's important to some people, um, including me. And also Infinity Strash, which I still haven't checked out yet, but I, I purchased Sight Unseen because I knew I would have to have it. So can't talk about those ones, but shout outs to him anyway. And I'm shout outs to talk about him if you want. <laughs> and and shout outs to Gigantosaurus Kart Racing just because. <laughs> Personally, I was more of a fan of Paw Patrol Kart Racing, but you know, you know, you know, we can uh, we can fight that battle at a later time. It's Christmas now. We can got to put our way put away our differences. Yes, we There's must a couple other things I want to mention, banner, and that's that comps, that nobody so. mentioned. Uh, I'm just gonna say Mario Wonder out loud. I mean, uh, that's oh yeah, kinda yeah, obvious. But yeah, that game was awesome. Yeah, Mario uh, RPG Hi-Fi, as well. Oh. Yep, Hi-Fi yep. Rush was very early in the year, but was like really very cool. Good. Um, also, WarioWare. Oh, yeah, I haven't played that yet either. Oh, I did. <laughs> A lot of it's stuff great. came out this year. So much I have not played. <laughs> it, Lies I will of say, P yet. I'm dying to play that. Oh, I've not yeah. gotten to really play Armored Core Six yet. Good. I'm dying to play that. There just hasn't been enough time. Yeah, War. Uh, I will say, like Super Mario wonder it was kind of great because it's kind of like getting me used to like the new voices and stuff mm-hmm. uh warioware had the opposite <laughs> um <laughs> thing i'm like missing i'm missing charles martinet so bad as wario with the guy they got now oh but, uh, oof. i'm hoping it gets better but i that's the only thing holding me back from warioware being like uh, you know more fantastic than it is because the, the game itself is great it's the new uh smooth moves so yeah gotta love it and really, like, actual sneaky, surprisingly good game was Bayonetta Origins. Um, oh, nice. Which I did not expect to enjoy that much, but is a <laughs> legit. I liked a lot more than Bayonetta 3. Uh, just, like, really beautiful game that's, like, relaxing and fun to explore. And probably no one's going to remember. <laughs> Came out this year. Heck yeah. Do, do, do. All right, transition, Joe. I don't know what to transition to. Uh, Madam Nevermore was asking if uh, anyone tried the beta for Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. No, there was that's, one. Yeah, that's nope. that's coming out in what February, something like that. Supposedly. Like, yep. What, what it says released kind of, February thirteenth. What kind of games are you hyped about for next year? Is Skull and Bones on anyone's list or no? That's going to be a nope. no for me, dog. No. <laughs> no. I mean, right off the rip is the is Final Fantasy uh, Rebirth, 7 yeah. Rebirth in January, and I'm very excited for that. Oh, January already? God. Yes. <laughs> no breather to don't. catch up. <laughs> no, I know. I just beat Rebirth, and I'm like actually kind of in the middle of, ret- of Integrade. Mm. So, yeah, this is... Integrade's not long. Yeah, I, I gotta finish that one up, I guess, next, before I get to move on to other yeah. stuff I've been putting off forever. What about Hades 2? Fuck yeah. Oh, that should be <laughs> I think that's first quarter, too. Fuck yeah. 
Does it have that's a release? Just, it's thing? early access, so I'm not getting that excited. But yeah, it's still going to be still, really good. Still, yeah. I have a, a couple early in the year that I'm excited for. Uh, the new Like a Dragon game coming out in January. Mm-hmm. Infinite yep. Wealth. Uh, Persona 3 Reload is coming out in February. Mm-hmm. And then in March, Unicorn Overlord. I am dying yep. to see more on that game. Yep. And Dragon's Dogma 2 is in March. Mm-hmm. That's the, it's the new Vanillaware game. Unicorn Overlord. Oh, yeah. I wish that helped, but that does not. Okay. All right. They made... Yeah. <laughs> well... Odin they made Sphere. Dragon's Crown. Look it up. I've Odin talked Sphere. about it a number of times on this show over the past few months since they showed yeah, it. I'm so they, excited. They, they, I'm, I'm just thrilled that the Vanillaware game is coming to Xbox. Yeah, they, they put infamously big-tittied girls in their games. You'd love it. Yeah, Aki. Oh, yeah. oh. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Aki suddenly cares. <laughs> and and yes. delicious-looking food. Oh, I, I approve. Uh, yes, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking this up. Right now. <laughs> game of the year. Yeah, what else? I was just looking at... Oh, Hellblade, Hellblade, Hellblade 2! Hellblade 2 is finally coming out next year. Yes. I've been waiting forever. <gasps> that looks I, really I'm good. Gonna... I just... I, I hope that it actually releases. We've been waiting so yeah. long. Like, the fact that they just said it's coming out 2024, it worries me because... Yeah. When in 2024? <laughs> yeah, Avowed, the Avowed is listed for 2024 as well. I'm hopefully some of these Xbox first party stuff start to hit because my God, they need it. Yeah. yeah, I mean Sony didn't have a big year either. No, first party wise, they only really had Spider Man, which was great, but was. they didn't have a a lot of first party output. Not like they the had not Final like Fantasy the year, not like last year, at least. Yeah. For me, being Baldur's Nintendo, Gate meanwhile, Baldur's Gate was <laughs> basically a timed exclusive on yeah. PlayStation while they figured yeah. their shit out on Xbox. With the yeah. Series S holding up the co-op. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Well, because uh, it didn't like Microsoft said they had to have parity between the consoles and they couldn't do that, which is why it uh, didn't release right away. And yeah. then once it turned into a big hit, Microsoft was like, oh, shit, no, you could just get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And it's, it's apparently games. already like topping sales charts on Xbox. Oh, sure. So that's Dang. awesome. Tekken 8 comes out next year. That's cool. Uh, has anyone played Harvest Stella? I've not played Harvest I Stella. I have year? it. I have not played it. Yeah, I bought it for my sister last Christmas, actually. So I know it was last. It was last year. Oh uh, yeah, Adam Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. Yep, that's next year. Oh yeah, that'll be good. Let's say we're probably getting a Switch Two next year, right? We're all we all thinking that same thing. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Next probably, year's gonna yeah. be the year for the Switch Two. Mm-hmm. I would imagine so. If it happens, it happens. I'm. <laughs> drowning in switch games as it is so <laughs> yeah i just i feel like it's it's about that time okay what are you looking forward to next year i know uh alone in the dark and banishers that madam nevermore is mentioning are up your alley yes i am super super excited for both of them and i definitely won't be able to play banishers for a while because we definitely can't get that for me for review because it comes out before i get home which makes me very <laughs> very sad i want it so badly uh, and then there's I'm I'm hoping that uh what was it called Harmonium I'm hoping that comes out next year but it's I don't think it currently has a date the uh, musical one about the yeah, Death Girl but they showed I'm the hoping that comes out next yeah I hope that comes out next year and I want it so bad <laughs> um I'm kind of interested in the remake of Brothers the Tale of Two Sons uh, it looks really good 
Uh, and I'm also looking forward to Lost Records, uh, Bloom and Rage, which was the uh, Life is Strange based seemingly horror game. Um, that looked kind of cool. And then Visions of Mana is supposed to come out next year. Oh, so, man. Yes. I'm so cool, excited yeah. about Visions of Mana. Yeah. Sadly, I don't have a lot of memory of what all's coming out next year other than the stuff that was at the Game Awards. So yeah. I'm kind of useless. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to Space Marine 2. I'm glad nice. that's finally got a date or a date ish. Wasn't it? Didn't they have a date September or something? I don't remember. I don't, I don't have my notes with me, but uh, I'm looking forward to Space Marine 2. Uh, Ayudan Chronicle. I know that's on a lot of people's uh, yeah. lists. Uh, <laughs> Rising is still on my list, so <laughs> uh, we'll see did, if I get around they, to it by the time it comes out. <laughs> did they give a date for the uh, remake of Snake Eater? I don't know. I don't remember if there was there was a date for that or not. I don't think there's a date for that. Oh. Ah, damn. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, it's been a, a good year for gaming. Next year looks to be good as well. Uh, anything else that anyone wanted to chat about before we dive into reviews? Cause we still got a handful of games to talk about for the final show of the year. We got, uh, some, some heavy hitters with the final game of the year, uh, <laughs> <laughs> being the heaviest of them all indeed. Uh, so yeah, anything else anyone wanted to chat about or should we dive into reviews? I think I'm, um, go. I'm cool with diving. I was going to say Hell Divers 2 comes out next year, too. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are a fan of, of that. Game, oh, there you go. Speaking of diving, yeah. <laughs> speaking of diving. Right along the same lines. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. That game looks awesome. Yeah. Cool. Another game that looks awesome is our first game we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Cookie Cutter, developed by Subcult Joint, published by Rogue Games, released December 14th on Series X and S, PS5, and PC for $19.99. Love turns to rage and chainsaws and cookie cutter, a totally unique hand-drawn 2D Metroidvania, become Cherry, a violent android on a rage-filled quest to save her creator. Tim, tell us about cookie cutter. Creator and lover. Ooh. Is there anybody in this chat who likes lesbian cyborgs? Uh, don't we all? Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, I was thinking of yes. Aki in particular. Yes. 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 Like yes. Slamming on the oh, unmute button over there. Yes, yes, I was, yes. <laughs> Like, how does this fucking thing work? Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had my eye on this game for, like, quite a while now. I don't I don't know when I st- first started following, like, the, uh, the account on Twitter. Just, like, uh, you know, friend of the show, Dale North, like, retweeted something. It was like, this game looks awesome. And I'm like, this game does look awesome. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on it. And then just, yeah, in the past couple months, it's like, oh, shit, we're getting close to release. Um, so yeah, I mean, the first thing that's going to jump out at you about this game is the animations are just like so good. Uh, it is, they're just gorgeous and gruesome, uh, and so well done. Uh, it is unbelievable, uh, that it came from such a small team. They got some just incredible animators, uh, working for them, like right off the bat, um, kind of in the intro to the game when Cherry gets all uh, fucked up when her and her creator are attacked and there's just like she's like ripped apart and dragging herself across the floor and just like <laughs> that first animation is just like so good uh, and so fluid uh, it, it <laughs> just great um, but yeah then you get into the game this uh, 
Metroidvania game. Uh, there's been a few of those in recent years. Um, I played a lot of them. I reviewed a lot of them. So uh, they... <laughs> They they can get on my nerves. Um, it used to be a genre that I loved, and now sometimes I'm just like, oh god, I've done this so many times before. <laughs> Good news, this game doesn't get on my nerves. Is uh, it plays really well? Like despite the uh, sometimes I think when you get games that are so well animated um, in a you know you get them in a Twitch action like platformer sense, they can feel sluggish and slow. And this this is not that. Um, you uh you know jumping feels good just moving your character around feels good it doesn't feel you don't feel like slippery or slidey like when you make impact on the side of a ledge and pull yourself up it feels good double jump feels good just your your standard metroidvania movement stuff like all feels really nice and has good distance and speed and responsiveness to it that's your double jump your air dash like your ground pound stuff like that um and when you're making uh contact with the enemies that feels good as well um you want to know what else feels good getting a bitty drop good. from madam nevermore dropping 50 biddies in chat thank you so much thank you uh, you'll really appreciate it yeah you get in there you have like your basic kind of attack combo kicking it uh enemies um but you'll get uh additional weapons to throw into uh your combos uh the first one you get is like a big mechanical fist uh, and you, then next you get like a guitar uh and things kind of escalate from there and they have different movements you can do with them to work them in uh you know you can combo enemies up into the air slam them back down uh there is a parry system um which i've inferred from following the developer that people are complaining about being a bit too touchy. I think it works really well. Like I can usually dial it in, uh, the time, like enemies will have this kind of blue flash, uh, before they do a parryable attack and then you can parry it. And then you basically get a one hit kill. And that's kind of the argument of the developers. Like, well, we want to make it a tight window because you can like obliterate very tough enemies with this, like even stronger enemies. You might have to parry them like three times, but then, (laughs) then, it sets up a uh, a button prompt for the Y button where you do this like elaborate, mm. you know, it, it, it's a distinct animation for each enemy with how Cherry will just rip them to shreds. And th- those are <laughs> those are uh, so good. <laughs> they are so good and just so brutal. Uh, but they they just look so great. They're they're mesmerizing. So I don't I feel like to me the parry feels good. This is a game in which the parry feels good to me. I feel like I have figured out the timing pretty well, but I know that it's something that they're looking to adjust. Um the game is good like uh, in when you get in there, like you kind of, you get out of that intro and uh you know you meet up with this guy who sends you to go do a thing. And you do this first thing, you have to go like retrieve his bag out of the sewer that's under this diner that he lives. And then at that point you get the key cards and you can start like exploring the world. And it never, it has not felt like overly guided at this point, the way a lot of Metroidvanias have felt that I've played like indie Metroidvania games where it's like, okay, you know, these games are about exploration um, and looking for secrets and moving vertically, you know, up, down, around in the environment. But a lot of times I feel like I'm playing them and I'm still too guided in the early game. Like they have their structure, but it's like, well, you clearly want me to go this way. This, this game, I have felt like I've had a lot more freedom to move around and poke around and find things. And I appreciate that a lot. Um, the you're going through it's, it's, this is like a dystopian cyberpunk 
uh, future, but everything is shit type world, uh, you know, characters or robots and have cyborg parts and all that stuff. Uh, so you're going through like mech factories and sewers um, and weird bug dens. That's kind of the setting of it, but there's, there'll be traps uh, and hazards in the environments. That's the only thing that is like really kind of bugs me uh, is just kind of the scale of the screen. Sometimes I'll, I'll like fall down like a uh, uh, pillar. What do you want? Whatever you want to say, I'll just fall off the bottom of the screen. It's like, Oh, there's like an electric trap down there and I take damage and oh, that's, you know, I just didn't see that. Like the screen like wasn't pulled out enough for me able to see that I was falling into a trap, but then you could just say, well, maybe I should take it a little slower. Uh, and I should fall down to that platform and look before I just go dropping to the bottom um, of this shaft. Yeah, no, that's not, that is not how I do. Uh, it hasn't really, hasn't really killed me. It's just kind of annoying. I'm just kind of like, ah, maybe you could use a couple more iframes there so I don't get hit twice when I'm trying to get out of said hazard, but it's not the end of the world. Um, you have, along with your life bar, you have like an energy meter, which dictates uh, how much you can do with your the fuck uh the, i don't know sorry i just heard weird noises i also don't know where my phone is besides the point <laughs> sorry yeah anyways your your weapons that you use go off the same meter it sounded like there was a ghost and there was wind and i don't just things happened i'm sorry um <laughs> it all happened at once and just now i'm curious as to what's going on maybe maybe my house is getting spooked anyways um so yeah you, you have the second kind of energy meter that dictates your uh some of your, your special moves um, and other things that you get. Uh, and that can also, when you just stand idle and hold down, you can just heal yourself in place, kind of reminiscent of the way you could just heal yourself in Hollow Knight by standing still and holding something if you had enough energy. Um, which is good. It keeps you pretty healthy. Tough to use in boss battles because they're just all over you. And in certain enemy encounters when they're just all over you. Um, but it's good to have. You know, I'm not dying like a ton like when just exploring the world because of that am i dying on bosses yeah sure uh am i dying in like larger rooms with tons of enemies in them yeah but like it feels fair um which is good and you can get uh there's components is what they're called in game too and you you can equip them to your character which gives you you know one of them uh how this sprung to mind is that lets you heal faster uh you know ones that make you stronger ones that make you uh you know, this ability is better or this ability uses less energy, things like that. And you can customize those. You'll find more energy for equipping more of those around the world. So there's reason to explore. Um, it's just like, I'm, it's impressive. Uh, it's an impressive game. Uh, it, it's got some stuff to work out just in terms of like glitches, uh, which, you know, again, I've seen the developers say, Hey, patches are coming. We're working on this stuff. We're going to smooth these things out. They're, they're listening to what people are saying, but I think, Overall, like, you know, having followed this game for, you know, again, years and seeing it come along, like it's, it's delivered, like it's really cool looking. It plays really well. Uh, it's fun. Um, and I've been really enjoying it. Oh, well, it clocks in at 20 bucks. What is your verdict on cookie cutter? Well, nice. Bo- it's currently on sale for like 15. So buy it now because then you save a few bucks, but you can buy it later too, because it's also good. Um, and well-made. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, Tim, that is it for you. Thank you as always for joining us and hanging out with us. Uh, We got to get you on more frequently. Yeah. Well, we don't have to, (laughs) but you know, we like having you here. Yeah. When, when, when the moment, when the moment calls for it. (laughs) 
when the mood strikes when the mood uh, strikes if ubisoft wasn't weird with their licensing for assassin's creed it would have been a lot sooner right yeah that would um, that, i don't know what the hell happened that's there <laughs> i don't know hey there's that prince of persia game that comes out next year too Very hopefully true. that's good i'm dying for a good new prince of persia game I'm not holding my breath uh, yet though the on the on hands impressions seem to be pretty good for it so far so yeah i'm hoping fingers hands crossed on. Well, do you have any final words before we let you go? No, I don't. I should have thought of that. It's been too long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways, good night, you guys. Take it easy, Tim. Later, man. Good to see you. All right. Next up, Vampire Hunters, developed and published by Gamecraft Studios, released July 26th on Steam for $9.99 and just recently had a new update in November, adding a whole bunch of content. Hunt vampires, you'll need guns, lots of guns, mow down vampires, demons, and more by stacking your guns into absurd, impossibly awesome builds. Unleash your firepower and become the baddest vampire hunter in the first roguelite survivors FPS. Uh, Andy, tell us about your time with vampire hunters. Dude, that update dropped today, too, so I had to go through it and double-check and make sure I, I got all the extra information and things like that, too. Kinda, I think that's actually a me new out. update compared to the yeah. one that we were covering <laughs> so, oh really so this is like extra update on top of update <laughs> oh yeah it was like new guns dropping uh dropping on the 19th today so i was like oh god like i gotta i gotta check and make sure i i have all the extra info on that um dude honestly this was this was a in my opinion a really good game uh a lot of games seem to be going that that route of like uh you know vampire survivors got a very similar name vampire hunters um it plays very similarly uh it's got the the 30 minute run time you know where enemies spawn and they continue to ramp up in difficulty um but it's got some some new features to it it is a uh it is a first person shooter and it's got the roguelite elements to it too um you run through levels and pick up guns and upgrade those guns and just wreak havoc on enemies coming your way you can hold up to 14 guns total and which oh, fill your screen. Yeah. Um, you've got guns over the top of you. You got guns to the side of you, underneath you. It's It gets a little <laughs> crazy. Luckily, you can adjust the settings a little bit too so that it's not just guns on the screen. You know, you can actually see like kind of what's going on, you know, and uh, and set a few things up too so that you can see the enemies a little better. They're like highlighted, you know, in different colors and stuff too. So that's pretty nice. Um but yeah, that's that's basically the the gameplay is you're you're running around and you're picking up guns and you're trying to take out just hordes of enemies. And so these enemies spawn from from different, you know, set locations every time. And like I said, as you go on, uh, the timer keeps ticking. Uh, the longer you're in there, the more enemies show up, the harder they become to. Um, different enemies spawn. I think there was about uh, 10 or 15 different enemy types that spawn out of there. Um, each a little bit ranging in difficulty too. You've got uh, kind of your your easy guys, the sinners, the uh, the reapers, the uh, sultan, a spear start getting a little bit harder, minions, and then you have bosses that appear every once in a while too. The bosses kind of threw me off a little bit because because you're uh, you're in first person and you're running around and then just a huge enemy will will come out of nowhere and just kind of like push <laughs> past all the enemies like you know you're fighting. So there was one that was a huge plant that I fought and it pretty much takes up like the whole one side of the arena you're in. 
Uh, there was a praying mantis, which was pretty cool, but he does, like I said, like push past everybody, you know, to attack you. Uh, the one I hated the most was this like skull in a ship that just fires these, uh, these fireballs at you, you know, the whole time. And then a wizard that, that kind of keeps its distance the whole time and, uh, does this, uh, almost like a meteor rain attack on you. So that guy kind of sucked. I didn't really like that guy very much, but, but, um, the gameplay is, is really fluid. The, the controls felt really good. I played it on, uh, on controller, um, it's probably set up better for mouse and keyboard, but I'm I'm a controller guy, so it worked it worked pretty well that way. Uh, the only time I ran into something was if I paused the game and I had to click off. I had to click back onto the game and and like you know move my controller around a little bit before it re-registered. But besides that, it was pretty good. Um, it's got a heavy soundtrack. Um, that's the only other thing that kind of bugged me on this was was the soundtrack. You know the songs they have, and they have a pretty extensive soundtrack. Uh, each song is between like a minute to like five minutes, so at thirty minute runs, you know they they got pretty pretty repetitive. But but that wasn't a, wasn't really a bad thing, you know. It was just it was just something I noticed, you know. Um, you also uh, pick up chests along the way, which uh, will upgrade your weapons, and you're picking up orbs too. Which um, the orbs after you've gained a certain amount, just like in Vampire Survivors or any other game along that similar style. Uh, you'll actually get an upgrade option, so you can uh, you start off with one weapon, and then you can add a weapon to your arsenal. You know, like I said, up to fourteen, or uh, you can get a, a extra item that just Im- improves your stats or um, overall health or anything like that. So that was pretty cool. Um, plenty of achievements in the game uh, as you go through each each round. You know that you can unlock. Uh, you unlock new weapons, upgrades for those weapons. Um, new stat boost items. Um, you also unlock these things called constellations, uh, which are, um, they're kind of pre-run equipable items that can change the run for either, a, a, you know, the better or the worse, essentially. One of them uh, lets you heal while standing still, uh, but you couldn't heal while moving. Uh, another one turned the screen upside down, which I didn't even try to play around with that. But it oh, gave geez. you a, a 15% increase in speed. Yeah, I was I was like, no, this game is hard enough as it is. <laughs> and then uh, there was a, another one that um, upgraded all the weapons that you have, uh, but uh, also gives you like a, a boost in your score too. So there there was a few in there that like really like ramped things up, you know, and like helped you out a lot. And then a couple that just like totally screwed you over. Um, talked about the enemies. The enemies are all really cool, you know, um, different in the center, the werewolf, you know, and uh, they all have like some crazy health bars to them too. So uh, expect to grab a lot of guns and uh, upgrade them as fast as you can to take them out. Um, you can also get inventory items. Uh, there were at least 60. They added a bunch today too. So there were, I counted 60 different items you can you can gain and unlock too. Those just boost your stats, too. There was a silver spoon that increases damage output, a winter orb that slows <laughs> enemies, uh, harpy claw. Uh, my favorite was the lucky vampire slain underwear, which just improved your luck, but it was just an awesome name for it. Um, agility potions, those kind of things. So those were all really cool. Um, and yeah, ten, oh, I didn't talk very much about the guns or, uh, or, or uh, the blood, actually. So there's a, there's a bunch of different guns. So you have, um, like I said, 42 unlockable weapons. 
that you can hold. So you have a huge variety of of guns, and uh, each one comes with like kind of a different play style, which is cool. Um, the revol like the classic, the revolver, rifle, shotgun. Then you've got things like the crucifix, boomerang. You have a, a baseball bat. You have a, a ripper that shoots saw blades at enemies. Um, <laughs> the dragon whip, which is one of my favorites. The dragon whip and the and the baseball bat are both like kind of close range weapons, and they deal so much damage. They're so awesome. Uh, Flamethrower, laser gun. And then you can unlock those weapons as well and start off the run with those. Uh, the more bosses you beat, the more weapons you can unlock. And then as you play with each weapon too, it unlocks a upgrade before you even go into the level too. So increase stats for that specific weapon. And then while you're in the level too, as you gain gain uh, you know all those blue orbs, you can upgrade your weapons too. So um, just increase stats, you know, faster fire rate, uh, faster reload time, those kind of things that just make the run easier for you. Um, there was a couple of familiars which were cool too. The raven, uh, a frog that explodes and deals poison damage, and a cat that kind of heals you over time too. So, and then uh, last but not least, uh, one of the cool features to it was this um, kind of like blood ritual orb that you have in the middle between your health bar and how many orbs you're collecting. And uh, as you gain combos, you get better. Um, what's the term for it? Like blood consumption. I guess more enemies you kill, the faster that little bar fills up. And then once you use it, it just increases all the weapons like damage output and fire rate and everything. So it just turns you into a superhero for, you know, however long that orb lasts for. But so that was really cool. But overall, it was it was a really fun game. Um, it's got very positive reviews on Steam. And uh, I had a really good time with this one. I thought it was great. Well, it's only 10 bucks. What is your verdict on Vampire Hunters? Honestly, at 10 bucks, I would say go ahead and get it. I thought it was more expensive than that, too, and I would have bought it if it was more expensive. I've I've put quite a few hours into this already, and uh, yeah, if you're a fan of this style game, you know, especially a, a first-person shooter perspective, too, it was really fun. I recommend it. Cool. Uh, their early access states that they do have plans for one price increase before the 1.0 launch, so get in now while it's, uh, while it's 10 bucks. Yeah, grab it while the getting's good. Cool. Speaking of getting while the getting's good, Andy, that is it for you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. We it's will, been a good we year. We will let you skedaddle. Do you have any final thoughts, final words uh, before you wrap it up for the year? I just want to say thank you so much for letting me on the show, giving me an opportunity to uh, play and review some fantastic games. And to everybody watching the show, I hope you guys have a fantastic holiday. You too. Sounds good. Have yourself a good night. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Later. Night Peace. Night. All right. Next up, Born of Bread. I am very excited to hear about this one. This one looks great. Developed by Wild Art Studio, published by Dear Villagers, released December 5th on Xbox Series X and S, Switch, PS5, and PC for $29.99. Born of Bread is a wacky and joyful RPG adventure revisiting turn-based combat tropes. Play as Loaf, a flower golem, discovering this enchanting world full of humor along with a colorful cast of buddies. Uh, Pernell, tell us about your time with Born of Bread. So, worth clarifying up the top that he says flower golem, but in most cases, you would think that would be F-L-O-W-E-R, but I guess the title of the game gives you the indication that that's actually Flower, F-L-O-U-R. 
because <laughs> the premise of this game is essentially that uh, uh, a group of archaeologists accidentally unearth a ancient group of evil villains from an ancient civilization who, now that they are back, are hoping to revitalize their ancient civilization and then, of course, rule their current one. And it is up to you, the main character, to stop them. Typical narrative from the offset, but the thing that makes it a particularly interesting aspect of narrative is that you were actually baked by the queen's royal chef completely by accident in an attempt to appease the queen's you know, ill-tempered wishes. Instead, he bakes you, a flower golem that he names Loaf. And almost immediately after this happens, said evil evildoers show up to the castle demanding the sunstone. And in the fit of the panic that takes place, the chef and Loaf are blasted out of the castle, off into the distance. This then leads to some narrative bits where the kelm, where Papa Baker, who is the chef, gets blamed for the incident. He gets locked in prison, and the adventure ultimately becomes starts off in earnest with Loaf trying to prove his innocence, which, of course, being an RPG, means that it leads to other things and eventually saving the world, because why the hell not? So you might be asking yourself, why should I play this game? Is this game something that would appeal to me? I'm just going to spoil the offset and say, yes, this game is great. Um, if you may have eventually particularly come across like a, a Nintendo Life review about this game from a few weeks ago, where they mentioned a bunch of like bugs that may have like delayed or offset the game's progress, I'm happy to report that I did not experience those bugs in this game. I wanted to get that up right out the way because I was worried I'd experienced them, which was going to sour my taste in this game. And that did not happen. Um, but the actual gameplay as you're exploring the world is the best way to put it is. Do you remember Mario or well, Paper Mario, as in the ones before Nintendo got all crazy about how they, you know, decided to change the game to like origami and freaking whatever gameplay mechanics that weren't the classic ones, <laughs> i.e., Thousand Year Door and the one on the first one on sixty four. Well, you're getting that experience here, but with a new cast of characters, and I'm happy to report that it's a lot of fun. It holds up very well. Um, Battles consist of Loaf and one partner that he can find on his adventure, joining him in combat. And you can attack enemies by performing various functions. Like, if you're playing as Loaf, his attacks are based off of items he can find on the journey that he can then equip to his backpack in a tetromino, or sorry, polyomino-style you know, slot system. And each weapon he slots in there gives him one new attack that he can use. Each attack has its own attack power, um, number of connection strikes, and a mini-game associated with that determines if you succeed or fail at the attack. So, for example, um, the, the, there's a sickle weapon you get early on in the game where in order to use it, you have to um, fling the control stick back and forth multiple times until the meter gets to green. Um, there's other times where it's just a matter of hitting the button when it hits a certain timing point. There might be one where it's hold it to a certain point, um, keep the target on the center square, uh, sorry, the center of the bullseye, and more and more will appear as you get new equipment items in the game. Uh, it's actually kind of fun to find these new weapons and then try to slot them into the backpack, hoping to have a ridiculous number of attacks available at any given time, because each attack not just has those elements of attack damage and number of strikes, but they also have strengths and weaknesses to them, too, in a form of like a, like an element system. I don't even know what all the symbols are, so don't ask. Because there's like leaf, apple, ice, Fire, Ember, Star, there's a lot. The game doesn't make it too hard to keep track of them in battle, so it's not a big deal. But 
you'll want to have as many access, uh, many um, attributes associated with your attacks as possible to have the right one at the right time. Um, so you'll be using these attacks. Most of them require weapon points. Uh, there's other attacks you can get that use something called resolve points. You'll get them throughout the game by way of like narrative beats or items you might find. Um, and you'll be performing the attacks. And when the enemy's turn comes up, they'll strike just like a Paper Mario. And when you can, when they attack you, you can hit the A button on the right precise timing to reduce or completely nullify the damage they inflict upon you. Um, I will say the game has felt pretty easy for me. But with that said, I've also been pretty good at using those dodges. I don't want to think of how hard it might be if you suck at that. So I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> perform well, or else you might come to regret it. Um, the world you explore in this game is extremely colorful, vibrant, and fun. Um, I like the writing in this quite a bit. And coming to new locations is always a joy. Enemy, or sorry, enemy. Um, NPCs generally have multiple lines of dialogue that you can hear or read, rather, depending on how many times you speak to them. In fact, one of the NPCs early on flat out tells you, talk to people more than once, <laughs> because they might tell you different things. Um, that results in some fun dialogue bits, and the occasional side quest that might be you know, attributed to you or assigned to you in order to reap rewards. And I'm going to tell you right now, at least in some cases, you're going to want to do these side quests. Because I know, for example, one particular one earlier in the game that I did increased my inventory bag size. And if you don't get that inventory bag size, you will feel frustrated because you start with the ability to carry five items, and that sucks. Mm. Um, each upgrade gives you another five, though. So when I got that item, I was like, man, imagine if I missed this mini this sub-quest. That would have been awful. So just pointing that out there. Which in and of itself is also probably one of the very few, if only, complaints I have about the game. Uh, take this as you will. But I feel like the way they do the side quest, it might just be how I've been engaging them, too. Keep that in mind. But I almost feel like they don't respect your time. Like, they use them to kind of artificially pad the length of the game. Because you'll go to a location, talk to a bunch of people, and you're good. You'll go across the map to a new location... And you'll start getting random side quests wanting you to go back to the old location to do something there and bring it all the way back to the guy at the new location to get a reward. And you'll see that kind of thing happen constantly. You'll find yourself going back to Lapwing Village way more times than you should need to. Just because it's like, well, I need you to get some mushrooms for me. But you're, that's two maps away. I don't want to go back there. I want to move on. No, you want that reward. Fall into the abyss inventory increase. my gaping butthole. You really want to let that go? You're like, well, shit. I need more inventory space, though. I need to go find out, just in case. Just in case. We need more um, inventory space because we just got raided by Dopey with 26 raiders. Welcome in, everyone. We are chatting about the game Born of Bread by Wild Art Studio and Dear Villagers. Uh, Pernell, you were, you were telling us about Born of Bread. Continue on. So, like I guess say, like, I feel as though that's like the one gripe I mainly had about the game. I didn't like having to go back constantly for some side quests. I know somebody might hear that and go, well, side quests are optional. I'm going to go go to hell. I'm playing an RPG. Side quests are never optional. Do everything. Uh, but getting past that component of it, I've enjoyed pretty much every element of acquisition in this game. Um, whether it be finding new, you know, new weapons to equip to Loaf's backpack, um, finding hidden geckos that when you acquire them in sets of two, you can turn them into an NPC that pops up at different areas of the map to allow you to earn skill points to upgrade your, you know, your partner characters. And their upgrades come in the form of a skill tree, where when you unlock the skills on it, it's like, think of it like a branch that extends upwards, and then each of those layers of branches has like leaves extending one end on the left and one on the right. 
And the reason I say that is because each level, you can equip one of those three skills for that level. So, like, the, the left leaf, the center, or the right leaf. You got to unlock each of them, but you choose which one you want for that slot on, the, on that character's action select. Which gives you a little bit of customization also in regards to how you want that character to perform in battle. Um, but I like doing that. I like getting new characters, which in turn allow them to get new map abilities, which open new places for you to explore and potentially find more secrets or things you missed in other areas. I enjoy that kind of thing. I like the music in this game quite a bit. I like the animations. I've had no, aside from the thing I mentioned before, I've had no issues with this game. It's been a joy to play, and I'm glad I got to review it because, quite frankly, the review I mentioned earlier did put me off on this game. I was pretty, pretty much ready to skip it. And being able to have played it and not experienced those issues, I think this game is solid. It's a lot of fun to play. And if you've missed that Paper Mario style of RPG, and you didn't get enough from having said play like Bugs Fables, which, did Dear Villager do that too? Maybe, I don't know. But um, if you, you'll get your fix here for sure. This is a solid product. Well, it clocks in at twenty nine ninety nine. What are your thoughts on that? I'd give Born of Bread a hundred percent solid buy. This is a fun time. I think it'll be well enjoyed by people coming to it with an open mind and a heart that wants to laugh. And I think you'll have you'll be you'll be pleased. Oh, and uh, Bug Fables was Dangan Entertainment. Thank you. I was like, I don't remember who put that out there, but. All right, moving on. Next game is Raku Venture, developed by Diego Ross, published by Cubite Interactive, released December 14th on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5 for $14.99, a collectathon 3D platform game where you explore the world to find all the hidden collectibles, solving secrets, puzzles, and find new outfits to customize our cute hero. Special abilities will blow your mind, controlling chaos and order. Recover the pieces to defeat the terrible tattooed Tatus, uh, Aki and Jacob, both of you check this one out. Who wants to start? Okay, Aki, you start. Okay, that's simple enough. (laughs) (laughs) The world was created, the universe was created, and there's light and dark, fine powers that can destroy the universe. And they turned into chess pieces because, uh, chess is cool. And like for some chess. reason, you, yeah. So do I. I just I don't understand why. You know, I do like the chess. primordial good and evil of this world, light and dark, has been turned into just chess pieces, and that's <laughs> I, they don't explain that. Anyways, so your family, a bunch of raccoons, uh, trash pandas, as I affectionately call them, uh, they have the entire chess set for reasons, uh, and. This stuff is stolen from you uh, as you're sleeping on a rock one day in the nude. So, you know, that's great. Uh, And now it's up to you to go and find not only the chess pieces, but the actual tiles to the chess board itself. Because collectibles. Um, (laughs) And yeah, this game is basically you run around as this raccoon and you jump and ground pound enemies. Um, it is fully 3D, and you can't control the camera, which kind of sucks. So you have to go behind things a lot, and you can't see what the hell's going on back there, which kind of sucks. I'm, I'm not and, gonna. I, I'm gonna interject on the camera thing. It's a real pain in the ass, especially when you mm-hmm. reach like hidden or bonus areas. 
because mm-hmm. then you usually you had to use some sort of like a platform or an elevator to get there and you have no idea what's below you and there's a couple of instances where that platform does not come back and so yeah. it's just like oh okay um i guess i'll just jump off here and then the game kills you and takes away 50 of your apples which don't really yeah. mean anything to be fair as far it's as i still an- it's found. still annoying though like yeah yeah and it keeps track of how many times you die so you get to see that number every time when you've died like 20 times on the same level and you're just like, well, fuck you too. Not that that's <laughs> happened to me or anything. Of course uh, not. Of course not. This game is also surprisingly hard if you're trying to actually get all the pieces and stuff because you can beat these levels without ever touching any of the tiles or the pieces that are in the level. You can just get to the end. Even doing yep. that can be a real pain in the ass. Like... I'm still in world one, I guess. I think there's multiple sections of the area you can go to anyways that have different environments. I'm still in the first one, and I've died like 30-something times. I've gotten halfway through it. I've missed a whole bunch of pieces. And yeah, uh, and I totally didn't die like 20 times in a single level on the same exact fucking checkpoint. Um yeah, totally. No, no, I never did that. Uh, I, I thought this was like, it looked so cute. I was like, oh, this is a game for kids. This is going to be great. This is not a game made for kids unless you hate your kid. <laughs> you know who I don't hate? Root Beer, who just subbed for the 48th month. Thank you so much, Root Beer. Love having you here. You are awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Enjoy the kitty cat emotes and the new animated <laughs> emotes that we have. <laughs> Some fun ones in there but uh nice raku venture this this game is tough like i mm-hmm. i i died so many times because i would mm-hmm. jump and try to stomp the enemy and i would just barely miss but they would punch oh my me god yeah oh yeah and that's happened just a like, lot too like it, and that, i wouldn't mind the like that the ground pound was like your only attack at the beginning like i wouldn't mind that if it was more, more well, even if it just like it did more da- like sur- damage to the surrounding area, so it you oh, didn't have great. to be yeah, if it had an area just of so effect to it. Yeah, just so you wouldn't have to be as precise because, like, holy crap! I mean, like, I got pretty, I, I, I've gotten pretty good at you know figuring out where they're gonna land, but it's still annoying as shit, and like you can easily lose a third of your life just because. Like mm-hmm. you were like literally an inch off. Um, oh yeah, and a third of your life isn't very much. You have three bars of life in this. <laughs> yep. Getting hurt takes one away immediately. And if you fall, you don't lose one bar of health. No, you just straight up die. Yeah, it's even a if you have over. a full thing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this game, it's harsh. It's it's pretty yeah pretty strict for what I thought would be a a casual easygoing kids game yeah and have you guys tried one of the uh mini games i guess is what they call it where you throw the ball at stuff it's in world one still (laughs) it's right after you beat like the first couple of levels it's like a farm in the next area unlock have you all gone in there and tried that yet no i haven't yeah i didn't do too hot (laughs) nor did i i got like 15 um basically (laughs) after after you 
get through certain amount of levels, you find enough chess pieces and tiles that you're unable you're able to unlock the next area uh, that you're in, and it gives you obviously more levels. Well, after the very first like two or three levels, something like that, you can unlock the next area, and you go into it, and there's this farm that's off to the side that you can go in and play a little mini game where you grab a ball and throw it at a target because you can't control any of the cameras it is so terrible <laughs> maybe if i had a mouse maybe but still not very likely and you have to get a certain amount of balls you're throwing a ball at targets and half of them move which makes it so ridiculously hard and uh it is so ridiculously hard you have to get a certain amount in order to uh, i believe you can actually buy uh pieces chess pieces and tile pieces and i assume you probably need those to actually complete the whole collection which you also have to do for you know an achievement um so i'm never gonna finish this game there's no chance <laughs> in hell the camera the camera just if you could control the camera, I think if this it wasn't, would be a lot more doable. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't a fixed camera, I think it would be a lot more manageable. Um, Not only it, that... I, uh, sorry. There, there's those little thin areas that you have to walk on as well in yep. lots of the levels. And they're at angles, but again, the camera sucks. So I've totally not fallen off that half a dozen times uh or sometimes there's a sudden turn after you do a jump but again you can't see that it's turned <laughs> so you just yeah. fall to your death which totally hasn't happened half a dozen times either you know i'm, I'm starting to think that these i'm starting to think that these things might have happened to you <laughs> no never I'm totally not angry at this game. Nope. No. No. How, how angry are you? The game clock's in at 15 bucks. What are your verdicts on this? I'd give it a try. It. I mean, it's a... I Personally, I thought it was like an all right throwback to, um, to 3D action platformers from like the late 90s. I mean, it, it definitely has a Crash Bandicoot vibe to it. Um, at least what it's going for. Like, I, it's not the worst thing I've played, uh, but it still needs, it still needs some work. Um, but you know, it, if you're looking for that kind of retro feel, this might scratch your itch, but you might also find some better titles for 15 bucks. Yeah. In my opinion, the only people who should buy this are people who do want that old retro hard as balls experience. Because if you're like, oh, I just want a good 3D platformer, you have better options than this. Um, yeah, but I mean, going to drive you mad. Yeah, but like this isn't like that. Uh, like, what is it? Babu the walking box or whatever it is. Oh, Baba is you? No, no, no. no, no. no. <laughs> Joe it's, knows it's what I'm talking really about. It's a really bad platformer. <laughs> Oh, I see. Like Babo like, the Locking Box or something like that. Yeah. It, and this isn't for kids either. Like, it looks like it's for kids. It's clearly not. They're no child. I, I can't imagine any child playing this game and being like, oh, I like this. Yeah, this... <laughs> That's all. I, if, if it were up to me, I would give this a deny it. I'm just... I, I didn't click with it. It was too difficult for what it should be. It's... Like the the whole coin situation 
you go through a stage, you collect 150 coins, you go to the next stage, something you misjudge a jump and you lose 50 of them. You miss. It yeah. Is, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, for, for me, it's a deny it as well, unless you specifically want those old retro hardest balls games. Yeah. That's the only way I could ever even put this as a try, because otherwise it's too hard and it the camera just sucks. <laughs> it's the worst part of this game. Yeah, if they well. fix that, I think it would be easily a try it at that point. If they would just let you move the camera around. But I don't really see them doing that for this game. Yeah. Anyway, next game, Metro Quester, developed by Thousand Games, published by Chemco, released December 15th on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5, and PC for $19.99. Metro Quester is a dungeon exploration RPG based in a post-apocalyptic futuristic world with a deep game system that offers the excitement and surprises reminiscent of 1980s computer games through hack and slash Chris, this sounds a lot different than what we're used to with Chemco. So what is Metro Quester? Yeah, I'll say. Um, well, first, I got to give a shout out to a uh, to a separate company that actually has been putting 80s uh, computer games on Japanese ones on a, on the Switch here lately. Um, they're called Egg. Uh, I forget like it, what the full title is, but um, I'm trying to look right now. I'm stalling, stalling. Um, but yeah, they basically came out with like a lot of the PC 88 games on the, uh, on the switch, which is really cool. I just bought Xanadu, which is great for me. Cause that was a game that came out around the same time as legend of Zelda. And, uh, it's like risk. It's like the inspiration for a lot of games like ease and like Zelda two had a lot of inspiration from it. And like, we never got it over here. Cause yeah. And anyway, uh, so lo and behold, as, uh, as I'm enjoying this throwback that, you know, I'm having to relearn like this entire way of playing a game to, to play. Uh, we get a modern 80s throwback kind of PC looking game with Metro Quester. Uh, so what this is, is it is a dungeon crawler game. Uh, it, it will remind you of, um, well, for one, it's hard to tell what's going on in the screenshots. That's how the kind of, uh, primitive the look is. But uh, but it's basically like yeah, an old school dungeon crawler, but with like kind of a difference. Um, so yeah, you are playing uh, as a group of adventurers. Um, your adventurers are actually uh, kind of pre-rolled. Um, that kind of changes a little bit later, but you know, you uh, you start off with you know the usual. You got a tank right in front. You've got an attacker. You've got a mage, a healer. Um, except that in this game. Uh, since it's modern, they're all, like, equivalents. So, like, your Vanguard character is, like, a riot police kind of guy. And, like, you know, instead of a ninja, you have, like, a ranger. And your thief is just called a stealer. <laughs> it's like a hacker kind of guy. Yeah, and then uh, you're, you know, you have a monk, like, a Buddhist monk kind of guy for uh, for your healer and such. And um, so, you know, it's... But, like I said, they're they're... They have like cool like portraits and stuff and uh and you know they're off to the side there. Uh the presentation of the game walking around the dungeon which the dungeon is the ruins of a uh, of a modern city. I believe it's Tokyo, but uh it's always Tokyo, isn't it? Um your thing is that you start off at a campfire. Um you can move a certain amount of spaces away from this campfire and uh your job is to explore the map. Um so what is kind of keeping you from uh, 
from just going off and, and looking at everything is the fact that you have air purifier points that uh, are set at a certain amount and can only be replenished at the campsite. Uh, so, you know, as you walk, uh, you, you know, reduce your uh, air purification points by like two. Um, and then you get into battles and battles, depending on how they go, will take up even more um, of those air purification points. And uh, the reason why you want to get into battles and such is that there are two kinds of things that you want to have um, in order to, to make progress. One of them is food, and the other is resources. Uh, instead of having separate kinds of resources, they define resources as just being like kind of all kinds of stuff, uh, which in this game's abstract way, basically... Um, you know, food is a uh, is a diff. It, it's food, but it's like there's a, a certain requirement about it. Um, but resources are like your experience points, right? So, in order to do like pretty much anything um, involving character growth, uh, you know, stat growth, uh, gaining levels, uh, improving, modifying, um, all of that takes up resources to do, and that makes your character stronger. Um, your characters also have like a certain amount of uh, other kind of objects that that kind of work as stats, and these work their way into the battles. Do you have, for instance, drugs? Um, you know, you may start off with two drugs. Well, though, you need drugs if you if your monk is going to heal everybody because he ain't doing it through chi power. Uh, you know, he does it through drugs. Uh, bullets for you know your mage, quote unquote, <laughs> who is uh, you know using. Uh, bullets or gunpowder. Uh, there's also battery power. Um, all of these things are required, and all of these things are stuff that you kind of build up as you uh, as you go through the game. Um, you know, either in exchange for resources, or like you come across them in battle, or you know, as part of a, a another thing. But like, you know, basically, this is all all stuff that you collect. Now, uh, when you get into battles, you uh, basically kind of set up all of your characters for their attack. Uh, ahead of time so think about it like the oldest school like final fantasy or dragon quest where you just choose all of your characters things first and then you start the battle um and as it plays out uh you know if your character gets injured or something you know you can change your strategies on the fly and such or you can just kind of auto battle it up to two and a half times speed and <laughs> see how it plays out uh the battle system is just you know, it's your same character portraits, but the game field is replaced with uh, seeing the enemies represented kind of like cards on the uh, on the battlefield, and they just kind of stack the deck, you know? Um, it, there's nothing to do with cards in this game. It's just a way that they present stuff, and that's actually because the main programmer of the game, like, does card games other than this. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how... It's, that's just the presentation. Think about it like Arcana or something on the Super Nintendo, if you're real into obscurities, which if you're interested in this game, you are. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and speaking of obscurities, well, not really obscurities, but like old school stuff, uh, the, the artist of this game, I just wanted to say, is um, uh, his name's in the thing somewhere. Have I actually... Uh, Kazushi Hagiwara, who is uh, the artist of um, Bastard, with two exclamation points, which is a pretty popular anime manga and such and that actually goes all the way back because there is there was a super famicom game um uh, about bastard with two exclamation points so 
and that explains the character portraits being what they are because it definitely looks like it's in that style um anyway so uh that is your your kind of thing you know you uh basically run into kind of junk blocks and clear them out and sometimes you might find good stuff under them like extra food or resources um and again the food is important because um you know food is used as a resource of course it keeps your characters alive too um your characters require you to have a certain minimum of food at the end of a 10-day period um and every time you go back to your uh camp then a day passes so that's the uh that's the the kind of you know linchpin of the whole thing um and the other thing is that as you explore, you uncover other campsites. And then uh, from your original campsite, while you're camping, you can move your, your vehicle, which is uh, literally a camper, <laughs> um, over to another uh, fireplace in exchange for some food. So it's essentially that if you have a surplus of food that you'll survive the next 10 days or whatever, then you can start to explore other parts of the dungeon. Because again, you can't move that far past the... Uh, past the camping spot uh, both because you need to keep your characters alive and because you only have so much air purification and of course as you progress then all this stuff kind of builds up and builds up um, until you beat the game and then you get to new game plus it and just do it again at a higher difficulty <laughs> so which is uh, pretty great uh, this is definitely like a real treat for uh, for old school dungeon crawler fans because it's kind of presented in a different way it's a strictly top down like literally you're looking at the top of your character's head and shoulders you can see their little feet kicking out uh the character the graphics are so simple that like it's it's usually two colors and that's it for the background um like one one for the background and one for the objects and you know despite it having a full color palette like your character portraits are a full color palette but like you know when you move, your character doesn't even change direction or anything. It just moves around like a chess piece or something. You know, it's like the very first Dragon Quest before it was Dragon Warrior in the U.S., you know? Just a, just a static, walking-in-place character that you just kind of move around. And, uh, you know, your enemies are like little blobby guys that are, you know, kind of cute. Even though, you know, they'll look completely different once you actually get into battles. Um... It is really interesting. It does get deep. Uh, certain characters require certain strategies. Certain enemies do. Uh, there's way more systems than I'm even letting on in this particular review, but I don't want to bog it down too much. Uh, the one thing that you will like, um, if you, you know, if you're interested, is uh, the massive amounts of tutorials, a full like manual uh, inside the game, just like tons and tons of reading that you can do about how to survive and how best to, you know, thrive and everything. Uh, they even talk about the new game plus right there in the, in the instruction manual. So they kind of get you prepped for that. Um, story is not super deep. Uh, other characters join you as you make progress. Uh, they can be swapped out only on the campsites and, uh, you know, the, uh, eventually the game will give you the ability to create your own characters. But again, they, uh, this game kind of starts you off, um, you know, <laughs> I want to say simple. There's nothing simple about this game, but, you know, they at least at the very least, they, they save the character roles, unlike Wizardry. You know, you don't spend three hours, you know, rolling dice to get your characters going. So that's kind of nice. And uh, yeah, once you kind of get used to the whole uh, thing of it or, you know, at least just get your hands in there and and, um, you know, get them dirty and figure out the gameplay loop. 
uh, you definitely keep coming back to this one. Like, you know, every time you go back to the camp, you're like, well, I can, I can go back out again. <laughs> um, there's only really penalties if you die. If you just run out of energy, then you just return to the camper. So it's not really a big deal at all. Um, but if you die, then you lose half your resources and some of your food and stuff. So like, that's a bad, that's a bad thing. Uh, you're going to spend a lot of time assessing whether you should run away from enemies in order to not get killed and lose half your resources. Because this isn't this is like an old school dungeon crawler in that you can't just save uh, you can't save scum it you know it, it auto saves yeah. all the time and uh, anything that you do can't really be taken back but your characters all get restored and your um, your drugs bullets gunpowder and batteries get restored after every single battle so you know you're not left high and dry or anything it's just you do have to play this one a little bit carefully but it's very fun and rewarding if you do. Oh, well, it clocks in at 20 bucks. What are your thoughts on this one? I mean, 20 bucks seems like such a high price when you're, we're talking about two-tone graphics and like a character that won't even turn around when you move them. But gosh darn it, I like this game a lot. So <laughs> look, you got to have the right attitude about a game like this. Uh, I think that there are plenty of people that do have the right attitude about a game like this. And to them, it's a it's an easy buy it. Uh, lots and lots of care and love went into the creation of this game. But those of you who are wanting a, a graphical feast, you know, a, a compelling story full of drama or uh, something that's not just wandering around the same dungeon. Yeah, I understand. I totally hear you. Uh, it's a try it or, you know, catch it on a sale for a different flavor of experience because it's not as punishing as as your old school dungeon crawlers. So, you know, you'll at least be able to survive in it uh, if, again, you're paying attention. Um, yeah, to all you guys, you know, it's a try it. Uh, there's not really, you know, if you just hate RPGs and obviously don't try it. Uh, that's <laughs> that's all I can say. Uh, it's it is a uh, it is something that is is for the fans as as they say so but to the fans I say this is a great title and go ahead and buy it. I'm glad you reviewed it because it was one I was eyeballing. I went back and forth on it for a little while because, like you said, the pictures on the eShop don't do it any justice. No, um, no, you can't tell no at all what's going on. Either. Nope, no yeah, video. There's no video. And uh, you know, like when you read about it and you read about what the uh, people like, the only thing I recognize out of what everybody said, uh, they're like features an all-star cast of developers like manga artists who, you know, this guy and also, you know, the game design. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Cause I, I'm not a Japanese gamer. All this stuff that these guys made stayed in Japan largely. Yep. So I only know about that. I only know about Bastard because there's a Super Nintendo game called Bastard, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, okay. This is an anime. It's got a cool art style. Yeah. You know. Cool. What were you saying? No, I was just Bastard saying, what, is reiterating what you said. Yeah. What, the oh, game I think... that he's referring to is based on the anime, or vice versa? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm saying that the artist is the same artist. Oh, gotcha, and, uh, gotcha. Yeah, the game's not based on anything. Also, it does have a video on the eShop now. I don't know if that was okay. always the case, but... It totally wasn't because I, I, well, maybe it was and my memory's just shot. But either way, I couldn't get any indication of it. This was the game I wanted. So I'm definitely glad that you're talking about it now because I was like, oh, he's going to talk about this now. I look forward to hearing what he has to say. So, <laughs> heck yeah. I put on the video and it's like, it's still not really okay. It's kind of telling some stuff. It's like glitching out on me though. Anyway, 
Anyway, we got to move on. Next game is Trinity Fusion, developed and published by Angry Mob Games, released December 15th on Series XNS, PS5, and full launch on PC for $19.99. Take control of your parallel selves and explore dark sci-fi worlds. Slash, bash, and shoot your way through this unique roguelite metroidvania where the only way to save the multiverse is to end it. Cornell, what is Trinity Fusion? So, Trinity Fusion is a game I actually talked about on this show a few months ago, but at the time it was in this uh, early build phase, so this is the official 1.0 release of this game. So I may not go hyper-extensive on the dialogue for it, but I'm going to talk about what I feel about it anyway, from what I've experienced here. Uh, the general premise of the game is that you exist in a world where humanity has decided to break up reality into multiple realities with the intent being to let each one facilitate a specific aspect of human existence like like mining or you know factory construction or like development and so on and so forth it's a very weird premise for a game but ultimately what it results in is multiple realities that are all at the at the precipice of extinction and only one person who has the ability to be connected to her alternate selves in all three realities at once has a chance at stopping it. So this game kind of plays similar to like how like games like Dead Cells would play. Now it's a 2D roguelike action roguelike game. Um, you choose well early on. I mean, then again, they might have changed it from what I know, but I know is I'm playing off of the my old save file for the new build. But ultimately, there's three different characters, and they each play some slightly differently. Um, for example, one character, she has the ability to like, kind of wall grapple. Another character has a double jump, and the other character gets like a grappling hook. And another actually, the double jump character also gets like a really cool drone that she can launch upwards, which I think is great. She can take it where she wants it to go and then teleport to the drone. Um, but these characters are exploring their specific realities. And depending on which character you choose, that determines the area you typically start out exploring on your on your adventure. Um, you have access to different weapons also based on which character you're using. For example, one character might be proficient with dual axes or like quick slashing swords. Another character might be really proficient with sniper rifles. But again, depending on what character you use, that determines what kind of weapon they'll likely be utilizing or finding on their adventures exploring. Um, but one thing that's kind of cool about this is that as you're exploring the dungeons, there are a lot of different resources you can come across or effects, artifacts you can come across to benefit your journey, like most of these games. But one of note in this game is a sort of a fusion chamber where you can spend some money to fuse your current character with one of the other two characters. And that in turn combines their abilities into one character specifically for that run. And that's pretty awesome because by combining their traversal abilities, that depending on where you're at, that might give you the ability to reach places you otherwise couldn't if you were just one of not both of one one person without the fused other on your body. Um, so combat in this game is pretty fast and free. The platforming is also pretty fast and free. Uh, I have come to pretty much enjoy the action that takes place here. It's not unfair. I feel as though any death I've ever had in this game came of my own, on my own volition. And even when you do die, it's not particularly punishing. So I'll talk a little bit more about like what you can experience on these runs and then why the punishing isn't so much there. 
So um, you'll be battling a variety of different enemies in this game, depending on the region you go to, of course, like any game of this nature. But uh, as you defeat them, you'll get money, which can be used for shopping in the run. But you'll also come across the occasional chest that needs to be opened by spending that money. And those chests can have various weapons and equipment that can be used to benefit your current run. But sometimes you may also find uh, one of the two currencies that can be used back at the main hub once you've died to purchase upgrades that can help you on future runs, whether it be permanent health boosting or access to weapons that will show up in future runs or stat builds that can increase your actual build. of like, So that like um, one of my favorite ones that I purchased was one that I made us that when I found a weapon at a, after a certain level, because you do level up in this game, but only for that run. But as you level up, you get more powerful equipment that's based on the level you are. And the upgrade that I got said that if I get to level 6 or higher, any weapons I have discovered will come with two bonus benefits in addition to just their basic stats, which is pretty nice. And weapons in this game, now I think about it, are pretty particular compared to a lot of other games of this nature, too. Because it's not necessarily just the usual aspect of like, hey, well, this weapon has X power or speed or range. But in this game, each weapon also has a small subset of like special moves it can do. And they tell you the button inputs for those special moves when you get the weapon. So you can look at it when you're comparing the two weapons, whether the one you just found or the one you're carrying, you might find yourself going, well... This weapon is more powerful, but the previous weapon I had had a really cool charge attack to it, as noted here in the moves list. Therefore, I'm just going to stick with it. Um, as you're exploring the dungeon, you'll also come across the occasional, um, I guess, perk chamber, where when you open it up, the game will give you access to choose one of three different perks that will be used for the rest of the run as well. And the perks in the game are pretty good, I think. I've rarely come across one where I felt it was a useless ability to have. Like, one of my favorites was one where if you destroy an enemy, they have a 50% chance of exploding and doing damage to other enemies. You'll sometimes get ones where, like, you'll if you dash through an enemy, you'll freeze them and they'll slow down for a couple seconds. Just just a lot. Things for health. There's like there's different categories of them, too, like health benefits or attack benefits or mobility benefits. It's just, it's pretty and solid. Health benefits in this day and age are good to have. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I mean, <laughs> hell, health insurance, man, ain't cheap. Health insurance is not cheap. In this game, you just get it in random chambers lying around the map. Um, also, I will say my favorite perk that I've had, especially in games like this, um, is there's one I came across where by having it equipped, if a projectile gets launched within like five meters of your character, it gets slowed down to give you more time to dodge it. So it's almost like a permanent bullet tongue. And I love it so much for just being a thing. So I wanted to point that one out for sure. I feel like this game, it's hard to tell 100% for sure, but I feel like this game has had a lot of improvements since when I originally played the original build that I had access to. Um, well, I feel like there's more. Wanna, I mean, I'm going to say if people want to go back and compare notes, you originally talked about it on 867. There we go. Yeah, because I mean, like. Um, but but yeah it's just it's just a this is a genuinely quality product like i like i feel like there's more weapon types even in this than i remember come across in the original build like but there's bows and arrows there's a bow and arrow set up in this game now i don't remember ever come across the bow and arrow before but maybe i didn't just forgot either way i think this game is pretty good the oh and one more thing i should mention i think it's pretty nice i feel like the enemy behavior is pretty good too 
Like, uh, when you play a lot of games like this, you might come across scenarios where they give you a bunch of mook enemies, and then the occasional, oh man, that's a badass there, I gotta avoid him. This game, I feel like every enemy that you come across in the biomes, regardless of, like, what rank and file they fall under, is a threat. Like, you still have to watch your ass, you can't just be a goofball and just, like, walk into them and assume they'll just, like, leave you alone. Enemy placement is deliberate, and enemy typings, there's enough variety in them and what they can do that they're all a bit of an issue for you, which makes the actual game, you know, moment-to-moment gameplay a bit more fun for me. Oh, no, I think this game turned out well. Uh, we have a plethora of games like this right now in the genre, but I feel like this one has a place. Like, this is good, and I genuinely recommend it to other people. I like clocks and I didn't even mention t- the fact that I love how I keep coming up with things to mention. I didn't even mention the fact that y- while you're exploring the biomes, you will find teleporters to other biomes as well that you can explore. So it's not even just one character goes to one biome. You'll be jumping from zone to zone. Nice. Well, now I'm going to ask. It's 20 bucks. What's your verdict? <laughs> I would give this a buy it wholeheartedly. This is fun. Very good. All right, next up, Herolun, developed by Gone Mad Studios, published by Rattlelake Games, released December 15th on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5 for $9.99. Welcome to Herolun, also known as the City of Shadows, where only the fleet of foot can rise to fame. In this mysterious environment, you'll race against the clock to reach your goal. Jacob, what is Herolun? So Herolun is this first-person uh platformer game uh which which of course like you're also supposed to speed run on um think back to like the challenge levels for like uh the mirror's edge games and except you're not being shot at um and you kind of have like the same idea it's get from point a to point b in a very detailed but also uh the world is almost all black and white except for like very specific items that you're supposed to pick up or checkpoints that you're supposed to reach um which is kind of handy because then you're not i mean on one hand you're overwhelmed by how awesome the world looks like it 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 is a really nice looking game um but at the same time like by focusing on only a couple of colors then you know uh it's way easier to manage where you're supposed to be uh, going and um so you're supposed to be going from one objective to the next one thing i found kind of cool is that or not like one objective but like um like one end of the map to the next uh one thing i found pretty cool is that there is multiple uh ways to go about it and uh there was one map that i just like completely skipped out on uh a checkpoint and just ended (laughs) up hitting up the the next checkpoint um and granted i i still i don't know that i actually shaved any time off uh (laughs) because i'm generally terrible at this kind of game but (laughs) Like honestly, like I, I like I saw the screenshots, I saw the video, I wanted to see like what I was gonna get into, even though I kinda knew well, like I'm probably not gonna do too hot. Um yeah, <laughs> I you. I have so I have yet to you. beat I have yet to beat any of like the bronze level times. Um <laughs> but honestly, like I'm having a lot of fun. I mean, like it's various cityscapes um like you know there's like towers there's construction areas there's sewers like there's a factory level um and it's just 
you know, you have to try to get from point A to point B as fast as you can. There's no fall damage. There's nobody trying to shoot you, you know? So, you know, the game wants you to like, take your time, figure out your path and then go back and, you know, annihilate those times. Um, which I mean, with more playthroughs, I did get better times. Just still not enough for bronze level. Um, <laughs> thank you. But yeah, like honestly, like I'm pretty hyped about this. I wasn't expecting a game like this from Rattalaka Games, um, and it's pretty cool. Like it's a simple but very challenging, uh, you know, uh, speedrun game. Well, it's 10 bucks and it's actually on sale for uh, the next week and a half for eight bucks. What are your thoughts on it? 10 bucks is totally worth it. So, yeah, eight bucks, go for it. Cool. All right. Next up, Slipstream, developed by Ansdor, published by Blitworks, released December 13th on PS5 for $9.99. Slipstream is a racing game inspired by the visuals, music, games, and cars from the late 80s and early 90s. Build on a custom game engine with an authentic retro feel and unique graphics that allow the player to literally go back in time. Chris, literally, how was it in the 80s as you played this game? Didn't I review this for Xbox? Possibly, but now it's on PS5. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and it's on Switch. I wanted it on Switch, but I got it on PS5. That's fine. Um... (laughs) Okay, so Slipstream, well, um, I mean, far from being unique, unique, it is, uh, what it is, is it is a, uh, kind of a mishmash of pixel art and, um, and modern, like, 3D, uh, kind of engine, um, in order to recreate a racing game experience, the likes of which we have seen in games like OutRun and stuff. Uh, we have seen this before, uh, you know, i just from my collection, I can say, you know, you got like 80s Overdrive and Horizon Chase Turbo, uh, for instance. But uh, but no, I actually do like this one. And kind of what it brings to the um, to the proceedings um, is a kind of a, an interesting like new way of uh, of kind of getting ahead. Right. So in a normal racing game, which is F-Zero, because that's the <laughs> that's the racing game I know. Um you know, you can sometimes have like a turbo charge to get ahead of the competition and kind of, you know, get a leg up. Um, you know, usually these are consumables or, you know, may, uh, you know, they have some penalty for using them. Uh, so in Slipstream, as the title suggests, uh, the way that you get ahead of other cars uh, besides, you know, souping up your, your vehicle, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, one effective drifting yes uh, somebody actually just pointed that out in chat um the other thing is that you have to basically uh ride the slipstream of cars that are ahead of you um now what's a slipstream what it is is it's a physics thing where basically you are behind a car that is facing wind resistance well since that wind has already been resisted uh, right ahead of you, you now don't have to resist that wind, and therefore you can travel faster than a car that would normally be your equal. Um, the way this game kind of treats it is that you uh, you tail behind a you know you tail behind a car, and uh, it spells out the word slipstream across the bottom slowly. And when it spells out the whole word, you get a boost, and then you can like pass up uh, folks. Uh, You're going to need this because no matter how easy you set the difficulty, the cars always seem to be able to rubber band up up next to you or, you know, get ahead of you pretty easily. Um, 
but you know, there's different ways you can mitigate this, but yeah, it's all kind of tucked away in the game's various modes. Um, of course you can do just like a single race. You can do like a, you know, just a, basically like a branching, um, kind of adventure uh, against different um, rival racers and as long as you beat the rival racer then you get to move on or you, you get to move on actually either way but uh, you know it all uh, it all like basically gets tallied up at the end how many times you win or lose um, the other racers are definitely characters caricatures sometimes um, you know and they're smack talking you and the smack talk actually kind of gets in the way of the gameplay fortunately you can turn this off but uh, but yeah, you can actually, you know, uh, you get dialogue in this game, which is pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, you have basically, you know, either beat them or don't, and then you just choose your left or right path, just like a game of Darius. You know, you get to choose like what planet you go to next. Um, except the planets in this case are just like your kind of typical, like you know, there's a green, like nice green field, uh, you know, forest or like a big city, you know, like a nighttime neon city, things like that, you know, cool stuff. Uh, and they look really good because this game really, uh, really packs that 60 frames a second kind of look, you know, it just, it runs real fast and real smooth. And like I said, you know, even though your car is a bunch of pixels and stuff, it's like, you know, you really do feel like, um, like you're moving very effectively throughout this racing thing. Um, so then there's another mode where you basically do it like Grand Prix style and, you know, try to get into first place in every uh, in every race if you can. And if you do, you win a bunch of cash. And with all that cash, you can soup up your car. Uh, there's not much to know about souping up your car. It's literally three different things that you just you just make the points get bigger. So it's like, you know, you take your engine from 10 to 15 and uh as it does, it'll it'll change your acceleration and your, you know, top speed and stuff. You can also upgrade your tires and your gears, you know. It's it's not there's no uh car headed like aspect to this game at all. Um in fact the game is nice enough that when you're selecting one of the game's many vehicles, um, it gives you the stats on those three items, you know, the the engine and the, the gears and tires. And then it actually translates it for you. And it's like, this car would be really good. Um, but, you know, you really have to work to get it up to top speed. And, uh, you know, but this one accelerates really good. But you have to, like, utilize, you know, your slipstream in order to get ahead because it doesn't have good top end. Yeah, you know, things like that. It's really useful. Um, and, yeah, like I said, nothing too complicated. You also have multiplayer. I didn't get to test this, but I did see that it does up to four player uh, split screen. So you can have that old you know, Mario Kart feel if you want. Um, cool. That's the only, yeah, it's the only four player split screen racing game I ever really played, but it's there. I don't know if all four of them move at 60 frames a second, but on a PS5, I should sure hope so. Uh, I think it actually runs at 120 if your TV's capable of it. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I believe it. Because again, this, this thing has all the frames. I mean, the, don't get me wrong on that. This has no performance issues whatsoever. <laughs> Um, it is completely devoid of them. Um, I don't know about the Switch, though. I'm actually, you know, because I'm planning on buying this on the Switch so I can really play it. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes there. But um, anyways, so, yeah, then, the uh, like I said, the aesthetics, you know, great looking 3D, uh, very reminiscent of like the Sega. Um, what do they call it? I don't remember the exact arcade cabinet they called it, but it's like the stuff that OutRun ran on and uh, especially like uh power drift and um and uh galaxy force 2 like kind of like like um 
the the way that they would copy 3D, the way that they would give you the idea of 3D is that they would have just all of these um kind of standees that would move by really fast. So it's just like moving past like a thousand cardboard cutouts uh kind of thing, but that would be like what would form uh what your brain would put together as 3D. Well, this game copies that look but it actually is 3d so you know that's that's why it's you know so reminiscent it also has a selectable um soundtrack you know just like uh rad racer you can just choose whatever track or whatever music you want and whatever track you want um it certainly sounds 80s it's you know synthy and poppy and stuff like that um I would have liked some more like real bangers. I mean, we're copying Outrun, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's uh, let's get some. Like, there are some real bangers on there. It's just there's the the there's more chill than than banger in this one, and I'm not sure why. Um, but I mean, anyway, the the best racing uh, soundtrack, the best Sega racing soundtrack for my money is Power Drift. I mean, that was just mm, so good. But no, the soundtrack is really good, and like I said, it is uh, it does qualify as as being very eighty sounding. I don't mean to disparage it. I'm just saying I did have to look around the soundtrack more than I thought I would have to. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's a lot of fun packed into like one little package. So yeah, I'm for it. Cool. It's ten bucks. What's your official verdict? I mean, I'm about to buy it on the Switch myself. So I mean, obviously, I'm gonna give it a buy it. But yeah, if you're um. If you just can't get enough of these wonderful, you know, throwback racing games that don't overload your brain with, you know, uh, mechanical things and simulation, uh, this is definitely for you, like I said. And actually, so is Horizon Chase Turbo and 80s Overdrive. I mean, it's all good. But uh, but yeah, this one in particular is a, is a good buy it. Cool. And as uh, mentioned in the comments, it is a solo dev. So oh, yeah, that's that's excellent. really cool. I didn't even know. So great work. All right. Well, uh, we've got one final game to talk about this year, <laughs> and uh, we're we're gonna go to Kong Talk. Jacob, would you like a special intro just for this? I would. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Oh. <laughs> final <laughs> game to talk good. about. <laughs> Damn, you got me on that one. That sucks because I like I had. For obviously everybody can't read my Facebook chats with Joe, but I was like, man, we should like if we had had more time, we should have gotten a thing from Norg. Uh, like <laughs> I was totally something. expecting that. Yeah, know, like but... and, well, my my idea was for him to like talk about like how the foundation of this podcast was built on reviewing crappy games and like you know thank us for our service and we'd have patriotic music playing in the background and stuff but obviously you know 24 hours notice is yeah. not enough time <laughs> the, o- the only sound effect you get is <laughs> I, don't even, I, know I don't even sound. know what what was that <laughs> final game to talk about skull yeah, what island was that sound? you don't need to worry about it yes it do <laughs> what was that <laughs> it's, a, it's a guy it's- dying in a horrible Gilson B. Pontus game. <laughs> it's a ninja. Oh, okay. It's a ninja dying specifically. A ninja oh, dying in in Shadow of the Ronin: The Revenge to the Samurai. That's the entire title of the of the game. Oh yeah, I reviewed it like twice now. So <laughs> the fact that you can tell that that's where that from is kind of disturbing. Well, I provided it, so I mean, yeah, I, oh, I do kind of okay, recognize. Fair enough. Then never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's his fault, really. When you think about. It. 
speaking of people's exactly. fault, this this final review is Jacob's fault. Uh, final <laughs> game to talk about is Skull Island: Rise of Kong, developed by Iguana B, published by Game Mill Entertainment. Released October 17th on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5, and PC for $39.99. Embarking a third-person action-adventure quest to avenge the death of your parents. The hands of the ultimate alpha predator, Gaw. Conquer waves of primal beasts and defeat the minions of your arch nemesis on your way to becoming the rightful king of Skull Island. Um... Normally, we would preface things by saying, like, oh, this game was provided to us by the developer. They didn't give us this one. Uh, no. Chris, we requested you, this, this is for free. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> you bought this voluntarily, and then Jacob was like, oh, you should see if Chris would review it, because if he will, I'll buy it, and we could both do it. So, Jacob, start off. What is Skull Island Rise of Kong? <laughs> Speaking of which, I fucking regret my idea. Uh. That was $10. That was, that was ten dollars of Xbox credit and fifteen of my hard-earned dollars. I will never get back. Along plus with tax. <laughs> oh God, plus tax, and also with the time I spent last night streaming this damn game on Twitch. So nice. <sighs> God. <laughs> All right. How many so, viewers did you lose? <laughs> none. I actually gained. Wow. I no four, way. I, I had four people watching. I had Joe, Bree, my friend Baron, and some mystery person. I don't know who the fourth one was. Commander Pity Root. follows. Pity follows. I understand. Maybe. But anyway, what is Skull Island Rise of Kong? So Skull Island Rise of Kong tries to tell us the story of how King Kong came to be and ruling over this island and we start off with a really crappy crappily animated cutscene with audio that sounds like it like it was recorded off of somebody's like cassette player from the 1980s played through a tin can and like, I, I don't like to harp on technical difficulties of games because you never know what they were going through with this but the audio quality of the voice acting in this game is <laughs> mind-blowingly awful. I it's like is real it, audio player. Isn't this entire game a technical difficulty? I mean, we'll I find would, out. I would, yeah, I would assess it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and she tries to give us spoilers of the review. We, I mean, <laughs> I'm on my seat. I, I didn't we've... even play it. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've already said that Cog's parents die, so, you know. Anyway. Well, it's in the description, so that's okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you play as a young Kong, and uh, after witnessing your parents get killed, uh, you have to roam around the island pretty much aimlessly, uh, just randomly finding, like, the next thing to go to. Uh, and what I like about it is that there is a RAR feature, which is supposed to tell you where to go, but it only points in a vague notion of <laughs> of where the next thing is. And more often than not, I ended up finding where I was supposed to go just by like literally like falling into it. Um, I want to say I'm, I'm disappointed we don't have Bree here to give us a proper RAR. <laughs> That's true, because uh, I did f I did have to fight numerous crabs, um, but yeah. Uh, so pretty much, I ended up finding uh, more collectibles than I found places where I was supposed to be going next uh, <laughs> through my 
through my dumb luck. And it's just the game doesn't tell you where to go. It doesn't tell you what to do. It does like the narrative is barely there. It's just, yeah, Kong went around the island, beat up a bunch of animals, and uh, that's how he came to be. Like, are you surprised by this? No, <laughs> we've all watched a King Kong movie before. Like, we all know that this is how it works. Uh, and on top of it, holy crap, this game is punishing for everything. Like, the health, like, there's not enough of it on the island. It doesn't replenish itself. And it's like, <laughs> like, you don't have any way to, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I wouldn't expect a huge gorilla to be able to save like leaves to eat during a battle but like holy crap you could just give us more than one because most of the time you're running around with like next to no health uh because healing you know screw you if you want healing and so then you're stuck listening to kong running around the island with a boom 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 of the heartbeat to tell you hey you're fucked which we already knew because we bought this game um <laughs> I mean, and if you want irritating just... death music, you've never played Wizards and Warriors for the NES. I have. I beat that thing. Two thirds of the game are just do 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 just for <laughs> hours <laughs> on end. Yes, love it. Good shit. Uh, Not anyway. good shit. Is this game Skull Island? Chris, tell us about your time with it. Okay, so Skull Island. Well, um, I feel like it's worth mentioning that uh, it. Kind of tells the story of, you know, uh, you know, we have King Kong at home brand King Kong. But uh, the thing that to know about this is that the first hour to an hour and a half of the game is learning how to play the game with its thousands of mechanics uh, by playing as Kong's mother, who has all of these mechanics unlocked. So you spend all this time learning how to do things like, um, you know, doing a, a focused long jump, which sucks. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> how to do like <laughs> how to do like all these combos and stuff. And then when you get control of your actual Kong boy, uh, it's all taken away from you. It has to be unlocked again. So yeah, like there were so <laughs> many times I was double checking to make sure I wasn't able to do the long jump thing. And I really appreciate the fact that, you know, the the command to make yourself run. Yeah. It, it may not work. That's cool. Like, no, you yeah. know, you, it, it just randomly decides when you're going to be able to run and when you're not. And, uh, yeah, the, there's like, it's way too complicated. The controls are, uh, one of them literally is like push the R button three times or press the R button in the middle of the air to do a ground pound. And that's the only way you can break through certain kinds of floors. Oh um, my God. and even then yeah. that's, that's simplified like from the PC version, like, um, you know, and there's a whole separate like power move that you have to do in a certain way, uh, in order to break down doors that look like teeth. Um, and yeah, like you're spending like the first, however many hours until you find like the place to go, just fighting little chickens and crabs. And, um, you know, Kong is supposed to be pretty ginormous as an ape, right? That's kind of his defining feature. Yep. The way that the rest of the game is designed, your Kong feels like he's about three or four feet tall. Um, everything, everything else is bigger, is bigger than you. <laughs> yeah, everything all the way down to vines that you have to climb, which, by the way, you can just climb them by jumping at them. And it's like way faster than 
He doesn't even reach like out his arms. Them. Yeah, you just kind of headbutt your way up a wall, and that's how you climb vines, like with <laughs> any kind and, of speed. And I, and I love like how if like you had to climb up vines that were going around something, you like the animation essentially stops. It's like it's almost yeah. like you reached a corner, and the game doesn't know what to let you do next. And so yeah, you're just stuck there, and so. You have to jump, which either will let you grab onto the next vine area, or you're going to fall, and you may take fall damage. Who yeah, knows? and yeah, yeah, and um, the the only thing about you know taking damage and stuff is if you happen to reach a checkpoint, then you die and you get you know your life back, so that's okay. It doesn't. No, get you, you don't. What? No, you don't. Nope. If you die uh, during like an arena. Uh, oh, or a boss okay. battle, it is like go fuck yourself. You like hope you like hearing that heartbeat again. Um, oh, okay, I guess yeah, I was just you, thinking about if the exploration segments because if you die, yeah, there. I think if you die in exploration, it just gives you your life back because I remember that happening. And then the one t- like the first time I had to face off against the crab boss, it like <laughs> it was just like boom, 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 and I was like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Mm, great. Well, that's something to look forward to. So, um, no, it's not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, talk. Uh, you know, uh, I can. I guess I can go a little bit about the uh, about some of the technical issues, uh, which do abound uh, largely. So, you know, I, I was just praising a game for having kind of minimalist graphics and stuff like that, or you know, being good despite minimalist graphics. The thing is, you know, the idea is just to not let your grasp exceed your reach, kind of thing. On that, you know. So in this game. You know, it's like sometimes it will despawn water um, and it will just show a reflective polygon when you're walking through the water pretty consistently. Like you can just make it happen Uh, sometimes or like often when you're running towards trees, the top, the top half or the bottom half will appear or disappear depending on your distance. And you can get right up on them without the tree trunk actually forming like you know, uh, mountains float off of the ground quite often. Uh, some of them are just permanently that way. The popping uh, is awful. The popping is terrible. Uh, of course, the legendary cutscenes, which uh, feature in-game models trying to move around in a scripted way um, to, you know, no avail because, like I said, it, it ends up being really jerky and, like, you know, assets will, like, freeze or not load. And then... When Kong, <laughs> and we all know the viral one of uh, of Kong, imagine you know hearing the roar of a dinosaur, and then a flat JPEG of the dinosaur appears for like several frames, as you know, because that's his memory of like anything that happens in the past is always done in JPEG format, um, and that actually I'm I'm pleased to announce that that is every cutscene that this game gives you is some kind of Kong rem- getting mad and remembering something that happened to you know his parents dying or something and then it'll just like cut to a JPEG of his of his parents being dead and it's just like you cannot take this seriously at all it's so ridiculous um so you know I, so, I love that about it what so we've heard from two people who have played the game let's hear from two people who haven't played the game uh, Pernell Wait, and Aki, what are your thoughts on this game? <laughs> Neither of you. Awesome. <laughs> Pernell, what, what, what are your thoughts on Skull Island Rise of Kong based on what you've heard tonight? 
I know I'm keeping my damn money in my pocket where it belongs. You guys are maniacs to even get rid of a chance in the first damn place. Screw that. Money's too precious to be mine. Freaking Monkey Island, Skull of Kong. Screw that. Hey, I only did it because Chris bought it. You know, it's hey, his I, fault. Hey, I, I get you did it. You wanted a no, social No, this is your fault, moment. Jacob. You cannot push the blame on anyone else true. for this one. He was going to. This was also, entirely like, your idea. <laughs> I thought like, like Chris would have probably bought this on his own, regardless of the idea. He, he was did. already kind of chosen for it. So you joined on board, which I get may have been like, hey, this is a good opportunity for some social interaction with my buddy talking about this trash game together. Uh, but nonetheless. You made you made a brave you made a brave choice. That <laughs> oof, Aki. What about you? Any thoughts on uh, Skull Island based on what you have heard here tonight? Uh, if there was ever a good reason for a company to shut down, well, this might be it. <laughs> God damn! I I can understand Aki's personal vendetta against them. They did come out with that same you know uh, Walking Dead game. Again, that wasn't a bad game. No, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought that was just Game Mill. Uh, Yeah, it's Game Mill. Yeah, 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 but I'm talking about the devs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're different developers, just the same publisher. Yeah, Yeah, what what is it? Joe, do you know what this dev has done before? Iguana Bee? Oh, Lord. They've been around a while, haven't they? I thought they were. Um, So... Yeah, because like the publisher, I guess can't be blamed either, because they also came out with Cruise and Blast, which I loved. Though, so. oh, they did. I mean, uh, no, the publisher can totally be blamed. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. That, oh, that's by the way, exactly who I'm blaming. <laughs> by the way, if you go to, um, oh, they made that GI Joe game. Yeah, uh, GI Joe Operation Blackout. They did oh, Little League shoot, World was... Series 2022, and they did What Holy... Lies in the Multiverse. What lies in the multiverse? What the heck's that? Yeah. that? That's a good game, actually. Don't do it. That's well, that one, one. Well, that one uh, was also done by Stu- Studio Voyager, and they used a Game Maker Studio too. So less less oh, room for error. There. Yeah, um, and it wasn't published by say, Game Mill. <laughs> yeah, but right, uh, I was gonna say I've played uh, I played the Little League, and what was the other one? Um, GI Joe Operation Blackout. I thought GI Joe was yeah. solid. It was okay, but it was also the slowest shooter I've ever played. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you can technically shoot in Skull Island, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's true, you can throw boulders. So I I just wanted to point out um, the the interesting graphical representation of when Kong does his little yell and it shows you, like, points of interest. It does it by... um, sending out these slow white streamers into the air and so it it just looks like you know directional jizz <laughs> right am i am i the only one seeing that oh you uh you, okay uh, maybe game of you the know, year who I, knows <laughs> you know i i would have expected a comment like that from me not you chris well but, i was yeah. waiting for it i didn't want the review to go without it but uh but you know <laughs> Oh my god, I'm walking, I'm playing it right now, and I'm like walking through this grass, and it's just clipping in and out, like completely. (laughs) By the way, um, my, so when I was playing through this game, you know, I'm playing in the, you know, I'm just in the first area, really, and uh, I climbed to the top of these vines and stuff, and Kong just started running in place, and I was not able to move him. If I moved him back or forward, or jumped, he would sometimes scooch a little bit forward, but he was very much stuck. I got a video of it, and um, 
So I loaded my uh, my or I saved it and I loaded my save and uh, and then the game crashed. And then when I did finally get the save loaded, it was fixed. But um, yeah, I have a I have a few videos already of this this dang thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I broke the game last night. Yeah, it's well, I mean, you know, did, uh, did you didn't. break the game or did the game break you? Let's be honest. Did you break the I don't game think or did you can break this broken did, game. <laughs> the real question is, did you break the game or did it put itself out of his misery? <laughs> yeah, see, there uh, you it, go. Yeah, I, bro- I broke it. I hopped into an area that I wasn't supposed to. and uh, I, mean, I, I kind of feel like you were trying to break it when you were playing because you, no, like, you kept trying, trying to, to go out of I- bounds. I just kept trying to figure out where the hell I was supposed. I was I was trying to figure out where the hell I was yeah, allowed yeah. to go. Like the game, because the game doesn't make that clear either. Like there's a there's hallway. Like I actually found a hallway. Like uh, like that was looks like it was supposed to end up being a cave. Yeah, it led to nowhere. Like, and by the way, uh, you're right. I I just died and I I woke up with like no health. So, <laughs> yep. I don't know where I thought that was. Maybe it's just when you're playing as Kong Mom. Oh, it seemed man. like it seemed like she woke up with like actual. Well, no, because I I didn't die as Kong Mom and, uh, until like the actual scripted death. Oh, I did. <laughs> well, but uh, maybe anyway, I'm not. Kong this of game the is forty bucks. We need a verdict on this. What are your thoughts? Oh my god, no! Not <laughs> even for not even for fifteen. Um. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna say a few more words about it. Um. Fuck. So shit, no. No, no, no. God, I'm not the angry video game nerd over here. Um, <laughs> let me find something someone else wrote right quick and read it to you, actually. Unique. I am going to be the HVGN. Yeah, unique. Uh, no, no, no. So, like, here's the thing about, about Kusoge in general. Like, just games that are so bad, they're fun. Um, there's, there's certain games that are so bad that they come back around to not being fun again. So... Uh, you know, even with this game's like glitches and stuff, it's like, you know, games have glitches, games have, you know, um, design choices that are weird. They have a complete lack of soundtrack for some reason. Uh, not a whole lot of them have still JPEGs for flashback scenes. That one's a new one for me, (laughs) but ultimately the game itself, if it, if every problem was fixed, it's still like this thing of just endlessly exploring, just punching these these boring battles against chickens and like lizards and stuff <laughs> where that takes like a thousand punches to like get anyone like the cool thing about King Kong, like all the way back in like the 1930s or 40s, uh, whenever the, the first film came out is like he took a T-Rex and just pulled the thing's mouth apart, like by cracking its you know jaw and stuff and like. That was in black and white and stop motion. Like, those, you know, there's, you can do so much with the character and just having him rolling around this area where he looks like a miniature and, um, and punching little chickens like 10 times to like try and, you know, beat them and stuff. Perchance to unlock a skill, enough skill points to get a single skill, which by the way, we didn't talk about. Uh, oh my you have, god! You had to fight so many enemies <sighs> to get a single skill point, and it takes five skill points to unlock one skill. And their skills are in a tree. So anyway, th- this game expects you to spend a lot of hours um, playing it. But yeah, that's anyway. Like, with all this, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, for my summary of it, it's just 
even though the, like it's based on films and it commits like the worst crime of cinema. Not only is it <laughs> fucking terrible, but it's also boring as shit. <laughs> yeah, ultimately that's how it goes is that it's so boring it it overrides the entertainment that one can get out of how bad it is. So this is a game that you can like show people for a few minutes or you can go ahead and beat it and just say you did and it's like people are still not going to want to watch it. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I had four they, people, so I don't. That's well, like yeah. the most. That's the most my channel's ever had. So, uh, congratulations. That's great. I mean, four Thank people. Is, that's better than I do on an average. But anyways, uh, even though I'm on like a stream hiatus right now. But anyways, so um, yeah, it's just the game is just so plodding and like has so much like just. N- doing nothing uh, you know that you're just gonna want to run up to a rock and just look through kong's face at his eyeballs just floating there looking at you which i did <laughs> yeah, um, you did too <laughs> yeah you gotta do that and it's like yeah definitely not worth the money um i i sat here and watched the thing like fluctuate in in price by only a little bit because they really don't want you to know about this game anymore uh it's not even on game mills list of games if you go to their website right now uh, oh, it's geez. not there. It's not oh, wow. there. Wow, this yeah. game rated so badly for them that they're trying to hide its existence the, now? The creators of Nickelodeon All-Star Racing 1, 2, and 3 uh, will not list Skull Island Rise of Kong on their list of all their video games. And I checked that. I checked it just today before we went live. So, Man. I mean, like... I wonder how the actual team feels given that their game was so bad that the company's like, no, we, we want to disavow this game's existence. Yeah. And it's like, I can't be mad at the game. I'm not mad at the game. I don't get mad at games. But, like, it's not like a thing of, like, Decay of Logos where it's like something was tried and it just didn't pan out. And it's not like Agony where it's, like, just this terrible experience, but it's meant to be because somehow they think people are going to like that. Um, This is just, like, it's a nothing sandwich and it's gone moldy, you know? So, it... I was going to say, you know what's worse about this? Like, I made a comment last night that this is, like, the kind of game-only brash entertainment would have released. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and honestly, Brash put out better games. Like, I put, I played their only two games on Xbox, uh, Space Chimps and Jumper, and I would much rather play either of those games than sit through uh, uh, Skull Island again. Like, this yeah. is... Speaking of things you don't want to sit through, uh, the rest of this review, I'm going to cut it here because (laughs) I don't want to hear about this game anymore. So uh, that is it. That is it for this episode. (laughs) Uh, It's it's been a fun year. It's always good doing the show with all y'all. We'll go down the list. Everyone can have some final words before we wrap this up for the year. Uh, Aki, give us some final words. Fuck Kong. The best King Kong-based game was Rampage. Hey, Chris, how about your your final thoughts on the whole year? <laughs> um, I'm going to say that the best King Kong game was King Kong 2 Ikari no Megaton Punch. What system was that? The Famicom. Uh, all right, Jacob, give us your final thoughts. <laughs> Looking forward to the playing nothing but Disney Dreamlight Valley for an entire month, and look for wait for more coverage from me as long as Joe continues this fucking podcast. 
Huzzah. Good luck. Here, here. Uh, Purnell, final thoughts on the year and everything else. It was a fantastic year. I am glad to get a bit of a breather in for the from the show and from you know just general stuff. Play your games, get your you know enjoy time with your family, and look forward to like a dragon next year. That's why I got to finish freaking the one that just came out last year, so or two years ago. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. It's been a while. I got to finish uh, it now. Well, what the man with no name some- came out like two months ago, didn't it? Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, like, oh, the, you're talking about the RPG the main, one. All right, all right. Like a dragon. I thought you were talking about the most recent one. Oh, no, no. I'm all about the RPG ones myself. I have yeah. all the Yakuza games. Like a dragon guide in the man with no name, something like that. Um, Just, yeah, adding to that, yeah, definitely go out there and play some good games, like Mystopia. Yeah, play some good stuff. Uh, enjoy the time away from us for the next month or so that we're going to be gone. Uh, thanks to all of you for being here, doing your thing every week. Uh, big thanks to Brooke who couldn't make it. I think she had some kind of work event tonight. Uh, thanks to Bree for coming on, doing her thing when she's around. Big thanks to Tim and Andy for coming on, hanging out with us tonight. Uh, music. We're going to play some, uh, some Christmas cheer from our good friend Stemage who fulfilled a request of mine. I've had for years of throwing, uh, sleigh bells on Marigold. From his <laughs> narrow band album. So we're going to wrap up the show with a snow kissed marigold. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry everybody, Merry. and Happy New Year. Yo ho ho. Ho ho ho. I'm Santa. I'm going to shit down your chimney. God damn, that poor child. What? Like, it was a good ending, and then you had to talk about shitting down a chimney. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Hanukkah to you guys. It's the, it's the Jacob way. Mm-hmm.